Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. And let me make sure you can hear me. If I can figure this out. Get this all going. Hold on. Hold on, guys. Sorry for the silent treatment there. Just want to make sure you guys can hear me. We're going to go double check uh, here for a second. Hold on. Hold on for a second. Okay. Looks like I'm live, so hold on. Okay, you can, just making sure I can hear it on my uh, end. Just had to check something there. And I'm going to check over here on the TV. I think you can hear me here. All right, that's good. Just making sure, guys. Just making sure. But yeah, welcome to Topics on My Mind for Monday, the 27th of March, the last Monday in the month. I know I did a TGIF update. I mean, not update, but channel uh, Topics on My Mind deal uh, the other day on Friday. Um, I did that. Uh, a little later in the day than I am doing it right now. Right now it is 1.56 p.m. Pacific. Um, I will say that I'm probably going to get a phone call from my mom in a little while because she likes to call up, check up on things, you know, make, you know, see how things are going and stuff. And uh, she has a tendency sometimes to, you know, talk a little bit longer than she normally should, especially on her lunch. But, you know, that's how she is, and we, I love her for that, you know. But it's just one of those situations to where you just, you know, gotta, you know, when you do live, you know, you just gotta sacrifice what you're doing uh, sometimes to um, basically, um, you know, get the job done, you know, get what you're trying to do done and everything. And basically, that is expected to happen very, very soon. So I'm letting you guys know that right now. Uh, just in case you do hear the phone go off in the background, but yes, as a right, but right now though we are here with topics on my mind, and you can see on the screen grab, if you will, if you're listening, if you're watching this on YouTube and eventually listening to it through the various podcasts uh, down the line. Uh, basically, uh, if you will, if you're listening to if it through the various podcasts down the line and everything. You know, uh, like, you know, Spotify, you know, Apple TV and such. If you're listening to those areas, uh, yeah, you can see the topics up there. And in the description, those are what we are talking about today. And we'll get into those in just a little bit. But before we do, you see it, of course, on there as well. We have some uh, channel updating and vlogging to do basically let you know what's going on with the channel as well as let you know what's been going on uh, most of all now first of all i do want to send out my condolences 
prayers and everything to the families uh, of today's uh, shooting in Nashville. Um, obviously, this has got to stop. And, you know, Biden, let's be honest, you know, whether you like Biden, I don't know you don't. I think we all can agree that the guy needs to, you know, if he says he's going to get something done, he needs to get it done now. He needs to get it taken care of now. He needs to get his anti-assault rifle law, whatever it is, done now. He needs to get it taken care of now. You know, not wait on Congress. Get it done now because we need to um, we need to stop this kind of madness that's going on in our world right now because, you know, if you're a religious belief, and I am, this is just another sign of the times that, you know, this current, you know, phase in our lives, you know, uh, is approaching its end, and very soon, that rapture, that moment, that tribulation is going to be coming, and I'm a firm believer, and I, well, I'm not a firm believer, but I gave my thoughts on the fact that I feel that when that day comes, and everything, and everything is reset, that time will start over, that our lives will start over again, and basically, we'll still go down the same path and everything that we are going down currently, but there will be changes. There will be changes to where all the negativity, all the madness and everything will not affect us. It'll be, you know, just a straight path of what it should have been, you know, from the get-go kind of deal. Um, but yeah, uh, basically though, like I said, uh, basically though, like I said, um, my condolences, you know, to the families of of the victims and everything, the children that were lost, the staff members that were lost, as well as my condolences to those that were lost in the tornadoes this past week. Uh, the the um, so, what was it? A Philadelphia a chocolate factory explosion that take, took some people out in Philadelphia. You know, prayers and condolences out to their families. And um, yeah, you know, but yeah, the, on top of all of it, right now though is what happened today. And again, if Biden wants this assault, this anti-assault rifle bill a law to go into effect, he's got to step up and do, do something about it, not raid on Congress to get off their lazy behinds, if you know what I mean, and, and do something about it, because it's it's not going to work. It's ba basically, you know, it's not going to work either way. You know, or not work either way, but it's not going to work if one wants it, if one, if one wants it to happen, but the other's not doing it. So, one's got to take charge, and if he wants to prove he's a leader and he wants a chance at being, you know, uh, re-elected, then he's got to basically step up to the plate is what he's got to do. He's got to step up to the plate. So, again, uh, my prayers and condolences out to the families uh, of this unfortunate tragedy in, in Nashville, as well as the other unfortunate tragedies that have happened nature-wise and, you know, work-wise and everything over the past several days and such. Um now, to uh, get on with a bit of a vlog here, uh, well, actually, we'll do the channel update first. Uh, we'll do the channel update first here. Um, mainly, uh, mainly, ladies and gentlemen, um, what's going on with the channel, uh, I, I've talked about this in my spring break channel update that I did a couple of days ago, but the way things are working out right now, um, currently, is... Today I'm off. Tomorrow I work. I work to at least 4 o'clock. Um, I should be home before my mom, but just by a little bit, maybe by 40 minutes at most. And then I think the same goes for, if I can find my phone here, I think the same 
goes for um, for Wednesday, I think. The same goes for Wednesday, you know, I believe, uh, that I get off. I'm just double-checking here. But, um, yeah, I'll probably be home, hopefully, before my mom. I don't really know if that's going to happen because, of course, the Turlock Transit bus, for some reason, that picks people up in front of Chili's on Countryside Drive uh, has been delayed a lot lately. Now, today, what I did do, um, what I did do today, and I'll get into this in the vlog, I did kind of take care of that, but right now, this is what it sounds, this is what it looks like right now. Now, I get off at 4 o'clock tomorrow. If I, if I'm able to take the bus back home, you know, the, the bus I need to take back home, you know, I should, excuse me, I should be able to get to that bus, I should be able to get home by 541. That, or at least a little, well, not 541, I'll be dropped off around 541. Uh, depending, but I will be home by at least 5.45. That would give me essentially about, I would say, almost 40 minutes uh, to, you know, uh, to kind of get myself settled in and everything and have the place to myself. Now, on um, now on Wednesday, that's pretty much going to be the same thing, too. So, Tuesday and Wednesday, tomorrow and Wednesday, I'll be getting home around at least 5.45, depending. And then Thursday... I should be getting home, hopefully, hopefully, ladies and gentlemen, uh, before 4.41, all things uh, depending, um, you know, if you will, all things depending, if you will, um, and down the line. And then, of course, Wednesday, I mean, not Wednesday, but Friday, the last day in this month, I will be off. And hello to Zach G and David Whited, Arcade and Toy Channel. Thank you for tuning in, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, again, guys, you can join me in the live chat if you want to right now. Unfortunately, I cannot monetize. I do not know what the reason is. I will try to find out later on. But if you want to help support me, uh, Venmo at Brian-Walmer-2. Whatever you can do at the Venmo would be greatly appreciated. And at Cash App at BWRosas98 would be greatly appreciated as well. As well as to check out the Teespring store um, also. And, of course... Um, you know, also I got my, um, you know, and I'm just going to type this in here. Also got some advertisements here, if I can get it up, up and everything, so you guys could see that. Hopefully it'll pop up, if you will. Hopefully you'll see it in the pen section. Um, if you will. Uh, but anyway, yeah, help me out there. The Teespring store be greatly appreciated if you guys can do that. But yeah, like I said, uh, basically, you know, Friday, the last day I will be off. Now, the reason I'm bringing these all up is because with the little time I might have in between there, because the way I look at it, between Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, before I, well, I look at it this way. Before I leave, basically, which would be like a little after 8.30 uh, and such, I believe, from what I can tell, a little after 8.30, um, the way I look at it is between the time my mom leaves for work and I'm here, at least I'll have the house to myself for about, I would say, because I looked at when she left today on my security camera and uh, she left about 6.56, something like that, so, um, 
if I was to look at it from that perspective, you know, if I was to look at it from, you know, that perspective, 656, 756, you know, and all that, and then 826, I, I would look at the fact that I'll have the house to myself for at least 100 minutes, an hour and 40, and then another and then another 40 minutes to add to that, an hour and 80. So essentially almost three hours on both days, you know, you know, before work and after work combined. That's a three-hour combined deal. And then come, uh, then come Friday, and then come Friday, if I can get my phone here again, where I put it, where I put it. Just disappear on me here. Hold on, guys. Oh, there it is. It fell over. <laughs> but, uh, let me get this up here. But, um, oh, come Thursday, basically, um, I, you know, I'll be leaving at a certain time, too. I, basically, each day, uh, starting tomorrow, I'll be leaving like a little before 8.30 to catch the bus. Uh, but come, but come uh, Thursday when I get off, and hopefully things work out right, um, I should be uh, able, basically, I should be able to get home by 4:41. What that would mean for me, at least, in things cha- unless things change, uh, uh, what what that would mean for me basically is it would allow me to have basically 4.45 to 5.45 to uh, 6.25 at most, uh, unless she goes out and does something with her fellow teachers. And I do apologize for any noise you may have heard there. But, you know, basically from the time she leaves to when I leave, that's about, like I said, about 100 minutes, hour 40. But Thursday I get back, I should have the place to myself for at least another um, hour and 40 at least, at least, from what I can tell. So I should have the house to myself for about three hours and 20 minutes combined. Three hours, 20 minutes combined, if not longer, if they don't decide to um, go out and, you know, get something to eat because, well, not something to eat, but something to drink. Now, my mom could go out and get something to drink with them, but she swore because she here's here's what she did because you know she goes to church one of the things that churches do is they do these little lenin things you know like swear off certain tweet uh treats that you give yourself and everything like little lenin things you sw- little like a a lenin if you will you have to swear off what you spend a lot what you spend probably more money on sometimes outside of bills and groceries and everything and my mom swore off Starbucks for 40 days. So come Easter, she should be able to get Starbucks again. But, you know, if they go out and do something, like get something to eat or get something to drink, she's going to have to swear off Starbucks or at least say, hey, can we go to this place because it's not Starbucks and I swore it off or something like that. We'll have to see. I mean, I got her a bottle of Starbucks, a coffee, if you will, she hasn't touched yet, and it's still in the fridge. Uh, but anyway, anyway, getting back, getting back to what I was saying, though, uh, it all depends on that because I'm also thinking that it's the last day before spring break, uh, essentially. But like I said uh, in the update video, uh, the spring break one, basically, it's the unofficial start because they're going along with whatever the school district does. 
So since the school district in Livermore has Friday off, you know, before spring break uh, in that area, you know, because I think maybe parent-teacher conferences or something, you know, a workshop, teacher workshops, um, you know, the preschool, the head start that my mom works at also will have that day off. So she'll be able to start, her and her fellow teachers will be able to start the vacation, spring break vacation, um, you know, um, a lot earlier than, than usual. And thank you for the compliment, David. Really appreciate that. But yeah, they'll be able to start the uh, vacation a lot earlier uh, than usual. Now, what that means for Friday, oh, not Friday, but for Thursday, is I could get home about 4.41 or 4.45 if things work out correctly, but then she could show up moments later because they would have been let out early. So all I'm going to say right now is come Thursday, is come the next three days, I'll try to do something, you know, in between the time I might have, but, you know, but but don't but I'm not I can't promise a lot. That's all I'm gonna say. I can't promise a lot, but I will do what I can to give you content, and uh, that's really all that matters. That's all that really matters. Um, you know, as far as the rest of the channel goes, I did say I'm gonna do a new fan vid. I got a fan vid PMV um, possibly coming. It's called Destiny. It's gonna be the song by Jim Brickman, uh, Destiny. Jordan Hill, I believe. Yeah, Jim Brickman, Jordan Hill. And I'm going to try to make that possibly Sparity-related, more Sparity-focused, Spike and Rarity-focused. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I plan to do that. I do got some videos I want to do today and upload today. If not today, I'll try to do... Um, you know, for, I'll try to upload for tomorrow so you guys can have some content uh, during that time. Um, also, you know, as far as live streams are concerned, going into the following week, like I said uh, previously, uh, it's going to take a little rooking around the, the situation, a little working around the situation, uh, because the hours are pretty much going to be the same as they are this week, a little bit. You know, not too much. but They'll be a little different, but not too much. But it's going to be a situation to where... The only way I might be able to get you guys content, you know, uh, during, uh, let's say, my work days is if I take an earlier bus to work, wait about an hour or so and before I clock in and try to do some, you know, material there uh, on, uh, on my work, on, uh, at my work, not inside the store, but outside the store, weather depending. So that'll be the plan right there to basically do something content wise while I'm waiting to clock in by going to work early. So I can at least get some stuff out to you guys there. Um, as far as like when she's off and I'm off, because we're both going to be off uh, on Friday and uh, Monday, you know, of you know this week and the following week and such, as well as off on the uh, this Monday and the following Monday, not just today but next Monday too, and even e uh, the day after Easter, uh, Resurrection Sunday that is. Uh, we'll both be, you know, off at that time. So the question is, how do I work around that? And basically the way I'm going to work around it is kind of how I worked around it on Sunday. And the way I worked around it on Sunday was um, I placed my, I got my tripod, which is under my desk right now. I placed it on my table, put my camera on it, my Canon camcorder, if you will, 
and I started to record. I started to record, and you know, I did my, you know, ta- the f- I did the five questions that need to be answered video. So I did that. Uh, no, actually, that wasn't on Sunday. That was on Saturday. That was on Saturday, actually, uh, when I was off. Um, and then on Sunday, I waited till she went and uh, till she was at work. Uh, not at work, but she went to church, and then she went to Walmart, and then got me and her something from Subway there. Uh, I, w- I took that time to basically do, as you saw, three audio videos uh, that I did. I did three audio videos, of course, those being the uh, video on leaks saying that a Disney Smash, Bro- a Smash Brothers inspired platform fighting game is, you know, coming. Then, of course, on Mr. Interman Strikes Again with his recent collab. And then my reply to Sable Sparks Unicorn Wars uh, video, and my opinion that this is the heavy metal of the new of this uh, of this decade and century, if you will. So I usually so basically I do try to find opportunity to you know do things to kind of work you know work my magic, if you will, to try to make things happen. But you know it it just basically it just takes a lot of you know well I wouldn't say a lot of thought, but it takes you know strategic 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 planning, if you will. To kind of work around the situation, and one of the other ways I work around it, as as I've mentioned before in my videos, is I basically have to probably get up early, you know, before my mom, uh, if I'm off and everything, and on the on the same day she is, and do some videos then before she fully wakes up. That way, you guys got some content, and then if not, I'll just do like a PMV or do a game footage or stuff like that. You guys can watch later on. That's basically how things are going to work out, you know, starting uh, starting on Friday, um, you know, and Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday. That's how things are going to work for a bit. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week, not just this week, but next, next week, going to work on probably, you know, leaving the house early when she's, because she'll be on break, leaving the house early, doing some, you know, and then going to my job, waiting to clock in and by doing, by doing so, bide my time, probably get something to eat, hopefully. And then um, basically uh, work my magic, if you will, and provide some kind of content for you guys. And then, um, and then, like I said, you know, just just go from there and try to, uh, you know, just go from there and see what happens. And again, like I said, you know, come the days that I will be off along with her, I might have to try to get up early and uh, do some stuff before she wakes up. So again, it's going to take some planning. It's going to take some strategic planning and all that but not too hard because I've done this before I've worked around this before and I also basically gotta probably if she's home and I want to do something like during the day you know I gotta wait till she's busy you know like maybe she's planting some plants like yesterday you know I could have done something but I didn't because she was planting uh, some uh, uh, plants that she bought at Walmart so uh, so yeah it's just one of, again, it's just one of the situations of finding the opportunity when you can. And I'm just going to go and do what I've done before and see what happens. And like I said, probably one of the, other, probably one of the best options for me um, anyway is to uh, go and, you know, essentially go and essentially uh, basically, uh, you know, leave the house early, go to work early, wait to clock in, and then um, do – and then while I'm waiting – uh, just you know, do some material there uh, for you guys uh, at that time. 
I know that sounds a little ramblish and confusing. I do apologize. But that's basically what's planned for the channel uh, starting on Friday and going forward. Basically, you know, probably getting up early, doing something before she wakes up, and then going from there and, you know, maybe doing some other things outside of on-camera stuff or live stream stuff, you know, to provide you guys with some content. Now, with that said, let's get on to the um, vlog portion, if you will. Um, you know, first of all, not really much going on. Uh, my mom did go to my sister's, uh, not yesterday, but she went on Saturday because my niece and my great niece was going to be over there. And she likes to go over there, or you know, at least be told when my great niece is going to be over there. She likes to go over there to see her great granddaughter. Because you don't see her as much because my niece and her fiancé live in Modesto. And my mom's not the kind of person that likes to drive the Modesto route even during a, even if the day is nice and clear and, and all that because of what's happened in the past. You know, she's had some experiences that I've mentioned before here on the channel, you know, along with me that basically has pretty much put her in a situation to where she's like, yeah, I'm not going to do these things anymore. I'm not going to put myself at risk anymore when it comes to uh, basically doing these um, these uh, drives from Modesto to Patterson and Newman and all that. She's just like, hey, I'll go to Patterson. If I get a ride with your older sister, that's good enough for her, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, basically she went over there, like I said, on Saturday. They, I could have gone, but I decided just to stay home and, you know, relax, have time to myself, uh, which allowed me to do a few things as well. Um, uh, that uh, that I did allow me to do a few things as well. Um, basically, I didn't. I mean, the the thing I did do mostly was the game stuff, and then of course I just waited till yesterday to do the audio stuff when she was at church and coming in at Walmart and all that. Excuse me. So. So yeah. Um, so yeah, basically. You know, um, so yeah, basically that's what happened on Saturday. I mean, Saturday we went, we went and, well, okay, so what happened on Saturday, and I've talked about this before, is we went and we did our taxes. We went and did our taxes and everything, and thank God I don't have to owe this year. Last year I had to owe, and I think everybody watching this or listening to this knows how much of a pain in the behind owing is, depending on how you, depending on why you have to owe. I mean, the previous year I didn't have my medical set up, my government, uh, you know, my medical, whatever, with the government. So um, my health care, if you will. So I ended up owing, and I had to pay that back. Thankfully, I don't have to owe this year, but my, but my return basically, you know, I'm getting back from the federal. Federal is not what I think it could be, and that hopefully can change as we move forward into next year. But yeah, my, my state's a lot more than my federal, I'll put it that way. My state's a lot more than my federal. Uh, and hopefully, like I said, that'll increase over time. The only thing that ever confuses me, and I think it even confuses uh, the tax preparer, or the tax preparer, you know, or papire, or whatever they're called, the tax preparer. I think the one thing that always confuses them, and I know I'm not alone in this here on YouTube or even anywhere else where you're able to monetize, um, 
is the is when you get a tax paper back uh, from them, and basically it's listed as royalties. It's like, well, how? It's like, why do you need this if you're not going to get anything back from it? You know that that's what really de- that's what really kind of you know you know kind of makes me wonder like what is going on here? It's like if if you're sending us this for tax reasons and they're going to put it in as royalties, then why aren't we getting anything back, right? It, it doesn't make any sense in my opinion. But maybe maybe I'm maybe myself and my text preparer, me and my mom's text preparer and H and R block, maybe maybe we're missing something. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway though, like I said, my state is a little bit bigger than my federal, so I, at least I'm getting something back in total that's gonna hopefully f- help out and who knows, maybe I'll get it when uh I get paid one of these weeks. Like if I get paid uh, within the, within the time frame that I'm supposed to get it, that'll help out in the long run too. Um. Uh, okay. Outside of that, outside of that, um, like I said, we came home afterwards. We got Burger King, basically afterwards to treat ourselves. And here's what's interesting. And this was on Saturday. Here's what's interesting. My mom said she wanted a Whopper with bacon, right? Like, you know, put bacon on the side and everything. And the lady that took the order, it sounded like she understood what my mom was saying. But as soon as we got home, my mom looked in the bag and saw that we did and saw that we didn't just have, you know, the order that we asked for, but we had an extra Whopper. Yeah. We had an extra regular Whopper. And we're like, what is this? My mom's like, what is this? And then she looks at the she looks at the receipt and notices that there is a individual regular Whopper, you know, added there to uh, uh, to the to the receipt, you know, basically added on to the total. And my mom's like, no wonder it was so high, you know, no wonder it was so high. So what happened is that she was going to save that for later, but then she thought, but then. My older sister and her fiance called up and said, "Hey, you know, your granddaughter and your great granddaughter are going to be down here today for a barbecue. Would you, or to visit? You know, would you like to come down?" And she was like, "Okay, no problem." And she told me that since I didn't want to go, she told me, "You know, you could have the burger and the fries that you know we that's left over, or at least have the whopper that was that was given to us pretty much as an unexpected bonus, you know, uh, for dinner, which you know I ended up eating." So, um, anyway, so anyway, yeah, that, we, you know, we treated ourselves to that, and like I said, got an unexpected uh, bonus, even because, you know, a bonus of, you know, extra Whopper, which, you know, pretty much is like, my mom's like, you know, this shouldn't cost as much, because she bought Burger King before, she looks at the receipt like, this shouldn't cost as much, and yet, you know, here it is, it, you know, pretty much is the pro- a little bit more than she expected, and it's all because the girl who I figured you know, understood what she was saying, put bacon on the side or add bacon to the burger, uh, basically said, okay, I'll give you a regular Whopper and a regular Whopper Whopper with bacon. Like, hello? She can't eat that much, you know, in one sitting unless she saves it. So, so yeah, it's like, it's like, seriously, seriously, she can't do that. She can't really do that. Um, anyway, though, anyway, though, after that, 
uh, on Sunday. So after that, on Sunday, like I said, she goes to church. I have the opportunity to do the three audio recordings that I did uh, that went up yesterday. And also now you can find on BW Rosses Discussions at all your favorite audio podcast platforms, except for Pandora. But more specifically, you can find it at Spotify. We'd be greatly appreciated if you can go there and listen to that. Um, but yeah, it gave me an opportunity to do those. And like I said, she went to church, went to Walmart, got some things, got some plants, and then came home, watched the Giants and the A's, which is the first of their uh, preseason finale games that they do every year. And uh, then, like, during that, she was, like I said, she was basically planting her plants and everything uh, in the process. She was planting her plants um, in, in the process, if you will. So, so yeah, she was... She was having, a, she was having a, 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 she was having some fun. She was doing, um, she was having her own little fun during during this time and everything, um, or during a, a day that during her during this time, basically a day that she would normally go from church and over to my older sisters. But she kind of pretty much covered that on Saturday. Um, now, as far as I go, you know, work's been great. Uh, I got a compliment on. Um, on uh, the day, I think it was it Thursday? Yeah, the day before I, you know, was off for the next few days, including today. I got a compliment from a lady, from my team lead, who has the same name, similar name as my mom, and everything, similar, like I said. And uh, she said, basically along the lines of, I think you're doing it, I want to compliment, basically she said, Brian, I just want to let you know, you're doing a, I think you're doing a great job now. She says, I know it's hard to have to abide by these certain rules, which is understandable, because with certain retail jobs and everything, you have to uh, basically abide by certain uh, rules, and you know, how, you basically have to do things a certain way and everything, you know, whether you want to or not, it's one of those situations. So she kind of gave me a compliment there, which made my day and everything. And then, of course, um, on, and that was Thursday. But then, of course, on Thursday, uh, the bus decides, the Turlock Transit bus decides to screw up on me. And I have the Transit app, you know, for it. So I'm looking at the Transit app. And I'm looking at the fact that it's got two, three minutes before it comes and get, comes to my location to pick me up. But instead, it's taking its time. It has taken the longest three, three to two minutes to one minute I've ever seen. And I'm thinking, what's the deal? So I end up basically on that day uh, missing my bus, you know, the start bus that would take me back to Newman. And that's what I was talking about earlier about the whole bus situation uh, today. Because, well, first of all, go to go back last week, as I've mentioned, I think, previously uh, in a video. Uh, basically what happened on Tuesday, last Tuesday, and then this past Thursday was the bus didn't the Turlock Transit bus known as Gear Two, that's G E R two, that you know one of it that basically you know ha, it kind of goes in a circle, and one of its stops when it's heading back to uh, the transit center, the station is you know in front of Chili's, in front of the Chili's restaurant, or at least on on the left side of the on the um, yeah left side of the Chili's restaurant, so. So basically, what happened is that on Tuesday, it was late picking me up. So instead of getting me home around 4.41, so I can get here by 4.45, it got me home an hour later. Or at least it caused me to get home an hour later. And then on Thursday, 
you know, it caused me to miss my bus entirely, and I couldn't get Lyft, I couldn't get Uber, and everything. Lyft mainly because they don't like to. I don't know what it, what it is. I don't know if it's a time. I don't know if it's a time thing with the car with utilizing the same car or something. I don't know. Uh, but I couldn't do that. I couldn't afford Uber, so I had to call my mom. And even though I could tell she didn't like the idea of having to come get me, she still went and did it because it was either that or I'd have to spend what money I had, you know, to rent a hotel somewhere or whatever, you know. But thankfully that didn't happen because she basically went and got, went and got me because the Turlock Transit bus screwed up. So what I did today before I started this live stream is I went to the Turlock Transit website and they have a section there for comments. So, you know, on the front page, on the bottom, on the bottom of the front page on the left side. So I put in my complaint, my comment about what happened. And then, and then I go to another section of the website. I think it's the on-demand side or something. And I see that there's another one down there. And it basically, well, basically on this on-demand site, it shows like, you know, what buses to connect, what are the services to connect to. And one of the first ones it says is Stan RTA. So I go down to that and I basically comment on there. Basically, I basically copy and paste the comment I did on the first page in the comment section and do it and basically paste it onto this comment section with my email and name and all that, as well as my cell phone so they can text me or contact me with any information. And then I notice there's the email, so what do I do? I go to my Gmail, I take the message, the note that I put together for the, I put together and, you know, um, copy and basically sent on the original comment section on the main page as well as on the on-demand page, which kind of, like I said, explains like what other services that Turlock Transit connects to. I took that and I went to my Gmail copy and pasted it into the body of the email that I was going to send. Then I went back to the Transit Center a website, copied and then copied the web co copied the email for the website and then pasted it in the recipient uh yeah, the recipient uh section of the email and then put it into the subject title um issue with, you know, the bus, you know, back on, you know, last Tuesday and Thursday and I gave the and I basically mentioned the days, you know, the dates of when it happened as well as the times as to when it happened uh, and everything. So hopefully hopefully somebody reads those two comments things, you know, with my complaints on there as well as somebody reads the email and they talk to the person that's doing the bus route and say, "Hey, look, you can't stall anymore. You need to be on time." No matter what the circumstance, you know, because it, it, because you know it's going to not only screw me up, it's going to screw a lot of other people up uh, in the long run. It's what it's going to do. So hopefully, you know, they'll address this issue, and tomorrow I won't have to worry about it. Because if I do, I'm just going to have to walk down to the transit center. I hate to say that, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But yeah, that was an interesting thing uh, to go through and all that. So my bus troubles are not done just yet, but hopefully they will be now. Hopefully. But yeah, you know, outside of that, you know, on uh, outside of that, of course, on Friday, had time to myself. As you all know, did the TGIF 
uh, live stream um, that you know of that you're probably thinking, man, that was kind of a kind of a weird uh, live stream that you know that I did. And yeah, in a sense, it was. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it wasn't or anything because when I did it, basically, I knew I was going to get interrupted, and that's why I told you guys, you know, during that, just like I told you here uh, with this one, there's going to probably be interruptions, and that one was a long interruption to the point that I had to chapter break it down to the point that I even chapter breaked where the update was and everything. You know, so you guys can, uh, you guys could, you know, skip over that into the next subjects and everything. And hello to Ryan Jr. Ryan. Thank you for joining me in the live chat. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, you know, I did that on Friday. And then, of course, like I said, Saturday and Sunday did, the, you know, did what I did there um, as well. But anyway, though, guys, that's pretty much what's been going on uh, with work and what's been going on with the buses and stuff like that, as well as channel update wise. Give you an idea of how things are going to work out. Like I said, basically it's going to probably come down to the fact that next week, not this week, but next week, I will have to leave early to catch a bus to go to my job early and maybe use the time before I clock in to provide some content for you guys that I might upload during that time. I might live stream during that time or something. We'll have to see, wait and see. As well as when I'm home, try to work around certain times, like get up early maybe and, and do something or Maybe just do some game footage and stuff, and maybe even some PMVs, fan vids, if you will, uh, to buy the time, you know, while she is off, you know, on the same day that I'll be off, or the same days I'll be off, and all that. So, yeah, that's what's going on uh, channel update-wise, and just vlog-wise, letting you know what's been going on outside of, um, outside of, you know, what I'm doing right now. But with that said, though, guys... At 42 minutes, let's talk about the topics we are going to talk about today. So these are the topics we are going to discuss. Number one, and my finger hit the mic there, I do apologize. But number one, blockbuster video making a comeback over a decade after shutdown? We'll talk about that. Two, wrestling events going on during WrestleMania week this week. We'll talk about that. Number three, TikTok hearing turned into a circus. Yes, this is the one that's getting talked about a lot. Number four, more on, more on Victoria Alonso getting fired, and now she's threatening to sue Disney. Number five, divide over with a CM Punk will return to AEW All Elite Wrestling soon. Number six, Vince McMahon reimbursed WWE with $17.6 million. The But... Does that mean he's in the clear and back fully? We'll talk about that. Again, number six topic. Vince McMahon reimbursed WWE with $17.4 million. But does that mean he's in the clear and back fully? We'll talk about that. Number eight. Will Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always open the door for other nostalgic shows, animated or live action, to make a return on services like Netflix? And then number six, this has been talked about a little bit, not much, but it is out there. Is PlayStation planning a PS6 console to be released soon? Well, PS5 hasn't even hit its stride. So yeah, we're going to talk about that, guys, and everything with these topics. So, so basically, grab some popcorn 
and everything. Grab your favorite drink, and let's get started. Again, I do apologize for any interruptions. So, with that said, we're going to start at 44 minutes, 5 seconds with the first topic, Blockbuster Video making a comeback over a decade after shutdown. So, in case you guys don't know about that, in case you guys don't know about that, uh, basically, over the past several weeks, or at least the past couple of weeks, the Blockbuster Video website has become active again. Yes. Now, the people that own the Blockbuster license, who I think... Let me double-check here for a second, guys. I do apologize for any lag. Um, but yes. Uh, basically... Oh, it's Viacom. Okay, Viacom owns Blockbuster. That's what they're saying here. That... Oh, no, it's Dish Network. Is it? And hold on for a second, guys. Be right back. I told you to be an eruption.
Okay, sorry about that, guys. I'm going to probably have to stamp that, too. Um, <laughs> yeah. How long did that take? Well, yeah, I do apologize for that. Uh, but like I said, that's what happens when you, um, you live with family, you know. You have to, um, you you deal with this kind of stuff. You deal with family, you deal with your, well, but, but can we rewind that? Alright, what I'm trying to say is that's what happens when you live with family, you live with your parents, your siblings. You're going to get interruptions like that. And it's a good thing, it's fine, it's good. It's not a pro problem and everything. It's just w one of those ordeals that's like, you know, seriously, I I know, everything's fine, but, you know. I get it, you know, she just wants me to know what's going on and everything. And she's all okay. She just, she just, um, I, I'm not going to say, but she's fine. She's just had a little knee bump, if you will. And that's about it. And that's about it. So, anyway, what was I? Oh, yes. I was trying to figure out who owns Blockbuster now. We were on the first topic. Like I said, probably have to do some, um, probably have to do, uh, basically, you know, um, we'll probably have to do, uh, like I said, probably have to do a little bit of a mini chapter like there, basically like say phone call and then, you know, that. So, anyway, well, was I? Oh, yes. Yes, of course. Uh, trying to figure out who owns Blockbuster now. Um, so, anyway, Anyway, uh, basically, Blockbuster um, is making a comeback, apparently. Dish Network, who owns Blockbuster, not Viacom, but Dish Network, um, they are making a comeback, apparently, because uh, basically, according to Wikipedia, we'll go back there again, according to Wikipedia... And everybody was talking about this. According to Wikipedia and everything, as I try to make sure my headset is adjusted. Okay. But basically, according to Wikipedia, we can find it here, to present, it says, On March 23rd, the Blockbuster webpage was reactivated with the cryptic message, We are working on rewinding your movie. Possibly foreshadowing a new business venture. Now, what's interesting about that, what's interesting about that, is the news that came out courtesy of Medium. That's right, Medium. And what that means, media, what that means for media, and everything. What that mean? Uh, medium, I should say, not media, but media. Just almost lost my train of thought there. I do apologize. Uh, but what that means, anyway, according to what media said, is uh, essentially, essentially, uh, blockbuster. Yeah, and it says it right here. Blockbuster. We are working on rewinding your movie. So yeah. Uh, according to Medium um, on Facebook, um, you know the what's going on is apparently word is uh, word is that they are 
potentially opening, opening again. It's, it's potential, okay? And there is a Blockbuster Express in Gustine? Huh. DVD store in... Oh, it's permanently closed. I was going to say, oh, well, <laughs> you know. I'd be like, hey, I'll go to Gustine. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, apparently, according to the medium... Um, going to the media and everything, and I'm trying to find out, uh, okay, so, apparently, there's going to be a Blockbuster bar, pop-up bar, opening in Los Angeles, um, in, uh, okay, so, let's see here, it says... Well, this is actually last year, the fake one, but okay, that's a that's something that it's a bar that popped up and everything. But uh, apparently, there is word going around, according to the medium, um, going to medium and all that, that Blockbuster is going to be opening um, some locations, you know, here. Uh, in California, mostly Los Angeles, uh, mostly Los Angeles and San Diego. Now, this is according to Medium. It says, opening five new locations in the Los Angeles and San Diego areas. Now, this is from Medium.com. So, Medium.com, it says, uh, that's right, folks. Blockbuster video has risen from the ashes of of obsolete. Okay, according to medium.com, this is what they said. They said, that's right, folks. Blockbuster video has risen from the ashes of obsoleteness and announced the grand reopening of five new locations in the Los Angeles and San Diego areas. The flagship show is set to occupy the prime real estate at the intersection of Sunset in Crescent Heights in West Hollywood, the iconic blue and yellow logo will once again grace the streets with locals already bu- buzzing with excitement. It says, with streaming platforms facing ongoing challenges and growing consumer discon- uh, discontent, Blockbuster has recognized the nostalgic appeal and rising demand for physical media. The once you, you the once ambitious video rental giant is banking on the notion that people are ready to embrace their DVD and Blu-ray collections once more. Hollywood local Jimmy Loco couldn't be more thrilled about the return of Blockbuster. He says, I'm sick of all the streaming man. I don't know anyone that watches Netflix anymore. It's all about the Blu-ray. Just last week I brought the Mercury Rising I bought the Mercury Rising DVD with Bruce Willis. That was magical. Locals like Jimmy are eager to rent again, anticipating you know the thrills and everything. Yo, let's see. Oh, never mind. It's a joke. It looks like, like uh, um. Let's see. Let's see. Uh. Okay, so medium is a joke for reference. Never mind. <laughs> got me there. So, it got me there. But yeah, though, it does seem like Blockbuster might be making, uh, you know, might be making. Uh, a comeback. I mean, everybody is talking about it. You know, San Diego Five is talking about it. And everything. You know, 
you know, so despite that, you know, fakeness right there that even I fell for, so I do apologize for that, it does look like they are trying to make a comeback here, yes. But what, but here's the thing, outside of this fake medium deal, if you will, which, you know what, now that I think about it, there's got to be truth to that. Because why would they be, you know, talking about, you know, Los Angeles, San Diego areas, you know, in certain locations, locales, if there wasn't truth to it, you know? So even though it's a joke, and they're saying, you know, at this point, none of this, none of what this article is saying is true and everything. Let's see. It says, uh, let's see, uh, wait, 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 wait. Who will merge victorious in the entertainment? Only time will tell. But as of now, none of this article is true at all. Ah uh-huh, ha Very funny. Um, yeah, comedy. So okay, it's uh, Matt Allen, uh, known for you know working on four comedies like For Christmas and all that. Okay, okay. So he got us there. Big haha, Matt. Big haha. But still, I think he probably knows something that he's not letting on on about. Like he. He probably has heard stuff, but he can't really say. So he's just going off and saying, hmm, you know, I wonder, you know, if it's going to make a comeback, like, where would it go? Like, where would it be located at, you know? So I think, I think that's why he did, he did this little thing on medium.com to kind of see how invested people would be. And also probably to look at the potential locations in the Los Angeles, San Diego areas that could house a blockbuster and everything in again even though it's a joke even though it's a false fake joke um there's got to me there's truth to it there's got to be some truth to it not full truth i say there's probably about 15 percent truth to it or 20 percent truth to it well the 80 percent is bs so i'll give it to you matt allen you got me you got me and i'm sure you got a lot of other people as well with that on the medium but yeah you know, the, the website is up. The website is up right now. Um, you know, say, asking, you know, basically saying we are working on rewinding your movie. So, you know, when you look at that and you're wondering, okay, why would Dish Network, of all people, you know, of all people want to, uh, you know, do this? Why are they resurrecting this? I mean, yes, the blockbuster series on Netflix, the comedy series, is a huge hit. And obviously that has, you know, driven up more nostalgic interest in seeing a return of this colossal giant. You know, this once colossal giant in video entertainment. I mean, I have a lot of memories of Blockbuster growing up. Heck, when I came back here, you know, we had a... Heck, when I came back here in 2007, we had a Blockbuster in Patterson. We had a Blockbuster in Patterson. And that's where I got my Beatles rock band set. That's where I got some of my movies that I currently own on DVD. Heck, some of the DVD trays that are that contain those movies, you know, when you open them up, on the top, say Blockbuster. And some of them have the Blockbuster little tag under them, you know, after you've bought them. And I still have my card somewhere. I just got to find it. But yeah, you know... But yeah, you know, basically, I grew up on Blockbuster. Who didn't? I mean, me and my sisters, we we originally got Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Summer Vacation 
at Blockbuster. We bought it there. You know, so, you know, we have a lot of fond memories. Gaming, buying games there, buying, you know, renting, you know, we're not buying, but renting movies there and everything, renting games, you know, and they had competition. There's no doubt. They had competition from a national standpoint, like, you know, West Coast video, well, not West Coast, but Hollywood video and so on. And they had local regional competition, like, you know, Hastings. They had local regional competition, like, you know, Ultimate Video and Hayward and such. So they had the competition there. They had the competition there. But, but still... But still, despite that competition, regional and local-wise and nationwide, they thrived. They continued on. And that, and basically, they continued on because despite, you know, some of the rules and limitations, they had, you know, a stack's worth. They had basically a wall's worth of movies, you know, that movies and games that you can rent, that you could get access to. And I was glad about that. I was happy about that. So to see that Blockbuster Video, you know, courtesy of Dish Network, who currently owns them, could potentially be making a comeback in some capacity? That, that's a good sign. But the question obviously is, though, um, you know, if, it, if, if there is something to this, you know, what is it going to be like? You know, are we going to get stores again? Are we going to get stores to where we could basically, you know, go to the, you know, go to these stores, you know, go to these stores and rent and rent and buy movies and games and maybe even consoles? Are we going to be able to do that again? You know, is this going to be Dish Network's, you know, answer to the streaming wars? Is Blockbuster now going to be the new streaming service provided by Dish Network? You know, is that what is that what's going to happen? You know, you know, to, to the point that outside of you know having Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, you know, Hulu, Amazon, you know, Paramount Plus, you know, Peacock, you name it. You know, outside of all that, you know, is Blockbuster going to join the fray? Is they going to join the fray as Dish Network's equivalent, or not equivalent, but their answer? To you know, Netflix to the Netflix streaming service. Are they going to be the answer to Disney Plus? Are they going to? Is Blockbuster going to be the answer to HBO Max? We don't know. We don't know, but apparently something is going on. It's gotten everybody's attention from C, from all C, from CBS to Fox to ABC, NBC, CNN, you know, Fox News. You name it. It's got people talking. It's got people talking. But the question is. What is it all? What is it all leading to? You know, you know what is it all leading to in the future? I mean, we know that one of the things that keeps Blockbuster alive is the only is the last, as it's known right now, the last Blockbuster on Earth in Bend, Oregon. Yeah, if you want to have a nostalgic trip and say, "Hey, I want," I'm in a Blockbuster mood, and you had the money to do it. You could drive all the way to freaking Bend, Oregon, you know, to that blockbuster, rent a movie, rent a game, go to a ho- go to a hotel, and basically hook up your Blu-ray player, your DVD player, whatever your game system, 
spend the night in that location of Bend, Oregon, at that hotel, play your system, and then the next day, after you're done, after you played your game, watched your movie, whatever, after you're said and done, pack up, go to the Bend, go to the Blockbuster and Bend, return the stuff, and head home, knowing, hey, at least I, at least the trip was worth it in your opinion. You know, because you got to do all this. You got to do, you know, think something that nobody thought you would ever do again. And is the location in Bend, Oregon, the reason, along with the show, along with the show on Netflix, is this the reason why interest in Blockbuster is at an all-time high? Is this why Dish Network is saying, hey, let's reactivate Blockbuster Video? I mean, you know, there's got to be something to it. You know, there's got to be something to it that... You know, none of us, none of us are aware of. None of us are aware of, but I guarantee you this. I guarantee you this. If it happens, if it happens, I look at, at, I look at three possibilities. Three possibilities, okay? I look at a blockbuster video that is Dish Network's answer to Netflix. Disney Plus, HBO Max, Peacock, Amazon, you know, Amazon Prime, if you will. Uh, I see them being the answer to that. I see a blockbuster video being resurrected. And this is the second option. I see Dish Network, you know, resurrecting a blockbuster video that's the equivalent of Voodoo and, you know, parts of Amazon Prime and all that where you purchase the movie or you rent it. So I can see them being an online purchase and rental site, if you will. Or and or third, I see them doing a combination of two of both of two things. I see them doing a I do I see them doing the online stuff, which would be again, you know, which to me would be like, you know, uh, basically a streaming service, you know, and everything a streaming service. Along with being, uh, you know, a, a, along with being also a place where you can rent or buy digital movies and everything. And secondly, and this again is all the third option. Secondly, I see them basically also opening physical stores in the most uh, populated um, areas. And that's what I see, on the more demanding areas. That's what I see. So, again, the only way I see Blockbuster making a comeback if there's, if there's, you know, you know, if you know, Dish Network is serious about doing this. You know, if Dish Network is serious about doing this, okay, this is what I see. This is what I see. The three options, either. They become basically Dish Network's answer to Disney Plus, Amazon, you know, Amazon Prime Video, um, you know, HBO Max, Netflix, you know, Paramount Plus, Peacock, Hulu, Apple TV. You know, I see them basically being the equivalent of that for Dish Network, being basically a streaming service. Uh, secondly, I see them being mostly like Voodoo. 
you know, where they're basically, you know, um, a, you know, online service where you can buy a movie and everything from them. You can buy a movie or rent a movie, you know, digitally and watch it, you know, right then and there once you rent it or buy it. Or I see them being a combination of not just those two, you know, where, it, you know, kind of like, let's say, a, an Amazon Prime, you know, if you will, where on Amazon Prime you can purchase, and like Apple TV too, but on Amazon Prime you could purchase uh, basically the the movies or rent the movies, but you can also watch original programming and stuff, or stuff that's licensed to Amazon. I could see them being a hybrid of those two in the third option, along with some physical stores being opened as well. So again, the three options I look at are, it's either going to be Dish Network's answer to Netflix and Disney Plus and HBO Max and so on. It's either going to be, secondly, secondly, it's either going to be like Voodoo, you know, where you just, and movies anywhere, where you buy the movie or rent the movie, you know, digitally, and watch it, you know, on their you know, on their platform, on their, you know, on their platform and everything. Or, third, I see them, you know, combining the first two together, kind of like, let's say, Apple TV and Amazon Plus, and um, Prime Video, Amazon Prime Video. I see them doing that, but I also see them, along with combining those first two options, you know, and everything, to be like a Prime Video, to be equivalent of Prime Video and Apple TV, I see them also opening up several stores, you know, nationwide. But but we'll have to uh we'll have to see, but yeah, you know, it seems that there's something going on here with with Blockbuster, you know, thanks to Dish Network. But what it could be, we don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Let me know in the live chat. Let, what what do you guys think? And hello Looney Microphone, nice to see you. Uh, but let me know what your thoughts are. Excuse me there. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this? What do you think Dish Network has planned? Do you think they're going to make Blockbuster Video the uh, their answer to Netflix and Disney Plus and HBO Max, you know, and sites like that? Do you think they're going to make them basically like Voodoo, where you Voodoo and Voodoo and uh, Movies Anywhere, where you purchase, you know, the the movie or you rent the movie, you know, to watch and everything? Or do you think it's going to be the third option where the first two options are combined together like a Prime Video and an Apple TV Plus, but also we get some physical uh, stores opening up um, as well throughout the country? What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Heck, you know, let's, let's throw in a fourth option. I just thought about this. You know, because I work at Target, and Target has the Disney store, you know, in their section. We have a Disney store section. And everything, all targets do mostly, depending on the size of the Disney store they have in that section, and all that. And I do apologize; I don't know what happened there. It says no data, but now there's data. <laughs> that was weird. Uh, but anyway, but anyway, you know, what what if they become a little um, a, a little blockbuster shoppy, you know, within a store? What if Dish Networks, you know, uh, partners up with, let's say, because we know Macy's has Toys R Us, has the Toys R Us section in their stores. Like I said, in my job, we have a Disney store. What if, what if Disney Network teams up with Walmart? Think about that. What if they team up with Walmart and say, Walmart, we're going to give you Blockbuster. We're going to give you a little Blockbuster section to have all to your own and everything. 
just think think about that that could happen so again there's a so there there's a fourth option you know along with the other three like i said the first one i think probably in my opinion could be the most likely one that they turn blockbuster video into a new streaming service a la netflix disney plus and hbo max and so on the second one i see them Again, if that doesn't happen, I see them being like a voodoo in the movies anywhere where you buy and rent the films and watch them, you know, uh, where you and watch them on any platform you have that you can watch them on. Uh, three, I see them combining the first two into one, like let's say Prime Video and Apple TV Plus, but also opening up, you know, some physical stores, you know, as well for people to walk in and, and look around and rent and shop and all that. But then fourth, I see maybe. You know them striking to deal with a retail a retailer down the line, like let's say a Walmart, to add a little shop for them, similar. You know, you know, similar to um, uh, basically, you know, Disney, you know, Target having a Disney store and Macy's having Toys R Us. But what do you guys think? Let me know down below. Um, in the comments as well as in the live chat, which of those four things do you think is most likely to happen? And yes, Looney Microphone, I knew it was you. Um, under the Bugs Bunny name, I know it was you. So, because <laughs> I, I remember by the little icon there. But guys, let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are. How do you feel about this? Do you, which of the four options do you think is the most likely? Do you think it's a streaming service we're getting? Do you think it's more of a you know, voodoo, movies anywhere like service we're going to get? Do you think it might be a hybrid of, you know, you know, a hybrid like service, you know, a la Prime Video and Apple TV Plus, along with the opening of some physical stores, you know, around the country? Or do you think they're going, or do you think Dish Network will make a deal with a retailer like Walmart and give them a little blockbuster store inside their inside their own stores like Target has Disney Disney like the Disney store is inside Target and Toys R Us stores inside Macy's. What are your thoughts? Let me know. Let me know which one of those four options you think is the most likely, you know, to come out of this. Because there's gotta be something to this. There's gotta be a reason Dish Network is doing this. And it just can't be because of, you know, the popularity of the last blockbuster on earth in Ben Oregon. As well as the popularity of the series on Netflix. It's got to be something more, guys. Let me know what your thoughts are down below. Now. Now, with that said, let me get something to eat here for a I mean, something to drink, I should say, for a second. Okay. So. Next up. Next up. Number two. And we're doing this at um, 78 minutes, 10 seconds. Number two, wrestling events going on during WrestleMania week this week. That's right. In case you guys don't know, this is the final week before WrestleMania, the two-night event, which will begin this Saturday from SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. And, of course, every year, except for the pandemic era, pandemic year, you know, they have a lot of events taking place across the Los Angeles, Inglewood area. You know, and that's not just WWE, but there's a lot of indie feds, a lot of, you know, um, major uh, companies as well, like Impact and GCW and stuff. So, a lot of them got stuff going on. And here, 
here we have a list. I'm not going to read off who's on it or anything like that, but these are a this is a list of stuff that starts on Wednesday and goes all the way through next Monday. So, on Wednesday, the wrestling events that they will have will be Dark Arts Entertainment presents Monster Mania at 1 p.m. You know, at the Don uh, Cueto, if you will. Also at the Don Cueto, we have at 4 p.m. Pandemonium Pro Wrestling Best Damn Thing. And then at 8 p.m. we have Micromania Midget Wrestling at Whiskey A Go-Go. Then, at also at 8 p.m., we have Violence and Suffering in SWA Puerto Rico Set the Tone at American Legion Post 241. Then also at 8 p.m., we have Relentless Wrestling, Chaos in California at Don Cueto. Or, I think that's what it's called. So, yeah, so the Don Cueto on Wednesday, this Wednesday, is going to have one, two... Three events. They're going to have three events. So they're obviously going to change. They're not going to change rings or anything. They'll just use the same ring. They might choose. They might change the a aprons and all that, and maybe the turnbuckles. But that's it. All right. The non-wrestling events that will be going on that day, at 7 p.m. Josh Barnett, Pro and Catch Wrestling Seminar, uh, at 7 p.m. at the Ukrainian Culture Center, 8 p.m. Uh, not Sam and me, not Sam and Mania with Sam Roberts at the Comedy Store. At 8 p.m., you will have Ringmaster, Vince McMahon and the Unmasking of American Book Launch Party at Burbank Moose Lodge. And then 8 p.m., you'll have Arcade Mania at Blipsy uh, Barcade. Then, on Thursday, wrestling events will be at 11 a.m. Christmas... Uh, okay, let me rewind that. Okay. Thursday, March 30th, uh, starting at 11 a.m. in the morning, you will have Chris Crimson, Crimson Crown Wrestling Crimson Kingdom at the Florence Classic Hall. Also at 11 a.m., you'll have Santino Brothers Wrestling California Love at the Ukrainian Culture Center. And that's just the first page I printed out. <clears throat> At 2 p.m., you have Crimson Crown Wrestling, Violent World at the Florence Classic Hall. 2 p.m. also, you'll have, Circus, you'll have Circle 6, easy for me to say. 2 p.m., you'll have Circle 6, Queer Punk Outlaw at Knucklehead Hollywood. 3 p.m., you have Circle 6, Lindsay's Snow's Kaiju Cannabis Cup at Knucklehead Hollywood. At 4 p.m., Circle, Circle 6, Vinny Mansour, uh, Mansour's Pro Wrestling Combine at Knucklehead Hollywood. At 4 p.m., High Spots Mark Hitchcock, okay, High Spots Mark Hitchcock Memorial Super Show at Globe Theater. Uh, 4 p.m., GCW's Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 9 at Ukrainian Culture Center. Let's see. Up next, okay. 
5 p.m. Circle 6, Mama's, Mama, Mama's Coger's Delicate Flowers at Knucklehead Hollywood. Um, let's see. Also at 5 p.m., you'll have All Caribbean Wrestling, ACW, Island Vibes at Common Space Brewery. Then at 6 p.m., you'll have Compton Mania. Where are you? Uh, okay, at 6 p.m., you'll have Compton Mania. Where are you from? You know, uh, Compton versus the out world out versus the world outdoors at Can Am Dental. Okay, <laughs> 6 p.m. you have Circle Six. Hoodfoot presents uh, crosses and caskets and Knucklehead Hollywood. You will have. Hold on, guys. Just scratching my scratching my ear there, or something. Not my ear, but the scratching my hair there. Okay, at 6 p.m. Not 6 p.m., but at 7 p.m., Coast to Coast Wrestling, Genesis at Tele America Studios, Anaheim. 7 p.m., Empire Wrestling Federation and Los Angeles Wrestling, Jake the Snake Roberts flirting with Venom at Sheraton San Gabriel. Okay. It's got a lot going on this weekend. Nobody wants to be left out. Nobody wants to be left out there. Okay. 8 p.m. And again, I think this is on... Is this on Thursday? Yeah, it's on Thursday. So at 8 p.m. on Thursday, we have New Japan Pro Wrestling and Impact Wrestling Multiverse United at Globe Theater sold out. We have at 8 p.m. DDT Goes Hollywood at Ukrainian Culture Center. 8 p.m. We have Lucha uh, Prusiro, uh, Lucha Lucha Prusiro Wrestling Return of the Dragon at Xander Sports Arena. 10 p.m. We have Circle Six Valentine Vision at Knucklehead Hollywood. <laughs> At 11 p.m., <laughs> we have Circle Six, uh, Circle Six, Minoru Suzuki's Karaoke at Knucklehead Hollywood. At 11:59 a.m. on oh, that a.m. but at 11:59 p.m. 11:59 p.m., we have GCW Gamer Cha Gamer Changer uh, Game Changer Wrestling for the Culture at the Ukrainian Center. And then also at you know eleven fifty nine we have early morning guy steals early morning show at secret location. Okay. And then non wrestling events on that day, you have at one p.m. QT Marshall Pro Wrestling Seminar at Tel America Studios. Seven p.m. Circle Six Iron on Wrestling with Greg Gregory Iron at Knuckle Hollywood Knucklehead Hollywood. Eight p.m. you have the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast Live. At El Singro Brewing Company. At 8 p.m. Whale Mania at the Novo. And then 8 p.m. you have FTR with Dax Hardwood Podcast taping at the Biltmore. 
Okay. You see, at 8 p.m., you have a magical homage to pro wrestling by Nigel McGuinness at Illusional Magic Lounge. 10.30 p.m., you have Hunkamania Comedy Show with Dolph Ziggler, Ryan Nemeth at the Comedy Store. And at 11 p.m., you have Circle Six, Manu Suzuki's Karaoke at Knucklehead Hollywood. That's a lot going on on Thursday. Obviously, they planned it around spring break. Obviously, they planned it around spring break. Let me check something, guys. We'll, okay, just making sure you guys can still hear me. Guys can still hear me, right? Just let me know and everything. I think you guys can still hear me. Check my thing here. Yeah. You guys can still hear me. Just had to check my TV there. Alright, so on Friday, March 31st, the day before WrestleMania, we have at 11 a.m. GCW Jimmy Lloyd's Degenerate. Okay. On Friday, March 31st, the day before WrestleMania, we have at 11 a.m. GCW Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F at Ukrainian Center. Ukrainian Cultural Center, that is. At 12 p.m., we have Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling Live at Los An- you know, live in Los Angeles at Globe Theater. That's right. You have at 12 p.m. on March 31st, you have Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling Live in Los Angeles at Globe Theater. Then at 12 p.m., Circle Six, Jake Chris Fire Starters at Knucklehead Hollywood. Then at 1 p.m., Circle Six, Zachary Wentz Treehouse of Dreams at Knucklehead Hollywood. Then at 2 p.m., Circle Six, AJ. Okay, at 2 p.m., Circle Six, AJ Gray's Power Hour at Knucklehead Hollywood. Then at 3 p.m., DDT versus GCW at Ukrainian Culture Center. At 3 p.m., Coast to Coast Wrestling TV taping. You know, at Ella America Studios. At 3 p.m., Circle 6, No Peace Underground and Knucklehead, uh, Knucklehead Hollywood. 4 p.m. 4 p.m., you have Ring of Honor, Super Card of Honor at the Galen Center and the campus of USC. 4 p.m., you have Prestigious Wrestling, Nervous Breakdown at the Globe Theater. At 5 p.m., you will have WWE SmackDown in the Hall of Fame Ceremony at the Crypto.com Arena. Alright. Circle 6. At 5 p.m. At 5 p.m. At Circle 6, you have SVN at Knucklehead Arena. 6 p.m. Coast to Coast Wrestling TV Taping 2 at Tele-America Studios. 6 p.m. Real Deal Wrestling uh, Real Deal Wrestling, Wrestling Mania at Hazy Studios. 7.30 p.m. Millennium Pro Wrestling, MPW, MPW Mania at Millennium Wrestling Academy. 8 p.m. GCW, Joey Janela Spring Break 7 at the Ukrainian Culture Center. 8 p.m. Russell Crowe Wrestling, WrestleMania 3 at Burbank Moose Lodge. Let's see. It's a comedy wrestling show. 
9 p.m. Coast to Coast Wrestling TV taping number three at Teller America Studios. 11 p.m. No Fear City Murder Mania at Super Chief Art Gallery. And 11:59 a 11:59 p.m. I should say at 11:59 p.m. GCW Emo fight at Ukrainian Culture Center. Then the non-wrestling events for that day are at 1 p.m. Wrestling for Sale pop-up merch with Cheap Heat, Stash Pages, Matt Bolvington at Button Mash. 8 p.m. The Gay Young Classic at Redline. It's 8 p.m. Straight out of WrestleCon, their after-party variety show at Globe Theater. And 11 p.m. Undertaker, one dead man show at the Novo. And then Saturday. Then Saturday. The day of WrestleMania. We have this. Are you ready? Are you ready? And let me get some water. <laughs> Not water, but some soda. Oh, let's make sure I'm ready. <sighs> That's better. To make sure I'm ready. So, on the day of WrestleMania, Saturday, April 1st. April 1st. Wrestling events are at 10 a.m. at the Crypto Arena. WWE NXT Stand and Deliver. That's right. NXT Stand and Deliver at the Crypto Arena at 10 a.m. At 11 a.m., GCW's Effie's Big Gray... Uh, okay. At 11 a.m., GCW Effie's Big Gay Brunch 6 LA at Ukrainian Culture Center. 1 p.m. Coast to Coast Wrestling TV taping number 4 at Taylor America Studios. At 5 p.m., WWE WrestleMania 39, Saturday, night 1 at SoFi Stadium. 10 p.m., GCW Gringo Locos The World on Lucha 2 at the Ukrainian Culture Center. 11 p.m., Circle 6, Bar Room Blitz at Knucklehead Hollywood. And then the non-wrestling events for that day will be at 11 a.m. The Busted Open WrestleMania Party at Whiskey Agogo. 11, oh not 11, but 1.30 p.m. Tailgate Party at the Tailgate Village. And then 9 p.m. WrestleMania 3 Goes Hollywood at Bitmore. And then on Sunday, April 2nd, Day 2, Night 2 of WrestleMania. We have before then for wrestling events at 12:30 p.m. Second wrestling mitzvah. Okay, okay. Let me reread that. At 12:30 p.m. on night on night day two of WrestleMania, wrestling events are at 12:30 p.m. The second wrestling mitzvah mania, ma mitzvah mania, at Temple, at Temple Beth Aim. That's right. It's the second wrestling mitzvah mania at Temple Beth Aim. And it's going to have Cole Cabana, Lisa Marie, Vaughn, Victoria, QT Marshall, Jake, uh, Jack Cartwheel, Billy Starks, Royce Isaacs, and Brian Zane of Wrestling with Regret. I will put that in there because he will be part of that. So yeah, 12.30 p.m. on uh, Sunday, April 2nd, the second wrestling mitzvah, mitzvah mania at Temple Beth Aim. At 1 p.m., we have Coast to Coast Wrestling TV taping 
number five at Hello America Studios. And then to close it off, we have at 5 p.m. Night 2, WrestleMania 39 Sunday at SoFi Stadium. And then the non-wrestling events we have. Non-wrestling events we have. Mania Club Tailgate at 11 a.m. Then, at 12 p.m., we have the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame at Bitmore, which would include the inductee, which has the inductees of Christopher Daniels, Cheerleader Melissa, Jimmy Jacobs, Mike Modest, and Excalibur. That's the Indie Wrestling Hall of Fame at Bitmore. And then at 10.30 p.m., the Lapsed the Van Gogh's North Hollywood at the Comedy Chateau, or Chateau, the Comedy Chateau. And then to close it out on Monday, April 3rd, Monday Night Raw at the Crypto Arena. And it all starts tonight, though, with Monday Night Raw um, as well, I think, in the Southern California area. I think. But yeah, that's what's going on for WrestleMania week starting this week, starting tonight with the Go Home Show, with the Raw Go Home Show to Mania. And then continuing on, like I said, starting. Uh, on Wednesday with the non-wrestling events, but WWE with the non-WWE events, I should say. Uh, the non-WWE events, it continues on Wednesday, but it starts tonight, continues tomorrow with NXT. And then, like I said, for the non-WWE uh, events that you'll be attending, if you're there, you will uh, basically have all this to really uh, enjoy and take part in if you can afford to do it, which I'm sure if you are a diehard wrestling fan and you've been saving up for this moment, especially in that area of Los Angeles, Inglewood, and Southern California, um, I think you will be, you know, happy with what you will uh, take part in. And there's a lot going on, a lot going on. Again, there is a here's the thing: there's a lot of wrestlers that are part of these uh, events that are going to be wrestling more than once that day. For different promotions. I mean, Speedball Mike Bailey, within the span, from what I understand, within the span of two to four hours, is going to be wrestling not one, not two, but three matches for three different shows. You know, and that's saying something. you got to give credit to the guy there. Drinking some Pepsi, but yeah. got to give credit to the guy there. But I guarantee you, a lot of the venues... A lot of these venues are going to be like, man, when can we take these things out? Like the Don Cueto, or whatever is it, the Don, Don Cueto, whatever it's called. It's going to have wrestling, at least I think, for one day it looks like. It looks like it's going to have wrestling for one day, and that's going to be on Wednesday. And that's Dark Arts, Pandemonium, Micro, uh, not Micro, but Dark Arts, Entertainment, Pandemonium. And uh, Rent- Relentless Wrestling. Yeah. The Globe Theater, the Ukrainian Cultural Center, Knucklehead Hollywood. You know, they're going to have a lot going on. Common Space Brewery is going to have a lot going on. You know, so a lot of these um, a lot of these events are going to be really just, you know, a lot of these events are basically going to be you know, housed at these venues for at least the next couple of days, you know, on all that going forward. So, so yeah, you know, if you're, if you've saved up, saved up for this moment, 
I guarantee you it's going to be worth it for you in the long run. But this is just an example, guys, of what an event like WrestleMania does. You don't see this happening with Bound for Glory. You don't see this happening with, all, with what is it, All Out or Full Gear or even Double or Nothing. You don't see that, you know, with any of those events. You know, you don't see it with them. You don't see it, like I said, you don't see it with Bound for Glory. You don't see it with Double or, Double or Nothing or All Out. You don't see it with them. You know, you only see it with WrestleMania. And why? Because a lot of these promotions, whether they're well-renowned by people or not, this is the best chance to get big-time exposure from a not a nationwide or regional-wide uh, perspective, but from a worldwide perspective. This is the best option, you know, to get all eyes on them to check out what they have to offer, as well as get eyes on the unknown and show and allow them to showcase what they can do in the ring. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you this: Paul Levesque, Triple H. Despite how you might feel about what's going on right now, he is going to be paying attention. He's going to be looking and paying attention to a lot of these events and being like, okay, which person here, man and woman, can I sign to a contract to start out in NXT and then bring them to the main roster? Hmm, I got my pick of the litter here. I got my pick of the litter here. Hmm. He's going to do that. He is going to be doing that. You can't tell me he won't. Same with Tony Khan. Same with Tony Khan. He's going to be looking at this going like, hmm, my pick of the litter here. My pick of the litter. Who can I sign and make all elite? Who can I say and sign and make honor bound? Hmm, my pick of the litter here. My pick of the litter. Hmm. He's going to do that. Same with Scott DeMore in Impact Wrestling. Hmm, pick of the litter here. Pick of the litter. Hmm. You know, the eyes are all going to be on these talents. And you can't tell me they won't want to try to sign them. I guarantee you that I guarantee you that before this week is over, before this WrestleMania week is over and weekend is over, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you're gonna hear about a lot of signings to WWE, notable ones too, the same with AEW and the same with Impact Wrestling. I guarantee you're gonna hear it. You're going to hear this name going to WWE, this name going to Impact, that name going to AEW. It's going to happen. You don't believe me? Just watch. Just watch and pay attention. Because that's one of the reasons, you know, a wrestlers, men and women, take part in this. Because not only does it give them, along with the promotion that they're, you know, taking part in or participating with, more exposure, but it gives them the exposure to get noticed by the likes of WWE, by the likes of AEW, and by the likes of Impact Wrestling. So you can't tell me that before this whole week is out and the WrestleMania weekend is done, we won't have new signings, you know, to all three of those promotions. Because we will. We will. That's a guarantee. That's a guarantee. But anyway, let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know what your thoughts are on WrestleMania uh, on this week of wrestling. What are your thoughts on all the various? You know, events are going to be taking place at all these locations. Some basically sharing the same building and all that multiple times. What are your thoughts? Give me, give me them down below and in the live chat, uh, if you will. All right. So, with that said, and I got to take a breather here, guys. That was a lot to read off. But with that said, number 
three, number three, here at one hour and forty-three second, uh, one hour and forty-three minutes and five seconds. We're talking about TikTok hearing turned into a circus. That's right. So, in case you guys don't know, in case you guys don't know, TikTok has basically been the center point of controversy um, when it comes to Congress. And Congress, mostly the Democrats and some Republicans, as well as independents, various, I'll put it this way, I'll put it this way, various members, if you will, various members of, you know, different political parties, Democrat, Republican, Independent, Grass Party, um, left wing, you name it, right wing, you, you get the idea. But various members of the of various members of polit very of all the political parties, you know, Democrat, Republican, Independent, you know, Grass Party, left wing, right wing, you know, various members have been coming together, uniting, believe it or not, on uh, trying to basically put an end to TikTok. And excuse me there. And apparently, the the hearing that they had recently, the hearing that they had recently, basically did not do them any favors. It did not do them any favors, and you know why? Because basically, the CEO of TikTok tried to say his piece. Try to explain the ins and the outs of TikTok. Try to give the Congress, the people that were doing this hearing, try to give them a better understanding of what TikTok was about, you know, what it brings to the table and everything. And these people, this one person in particular, did not allow him to really, I mean, he got a word in edgewise, but basically did not really let him, you know, explain as best as he could you know, what TikTok was and why it's vital. You know, basically the guy that was questioning him, prosecuting him, if you will, the C that being the CEO of TikTok, he basically would he basically would interrupt him. He would interrupt him, he would, you know, try to say this, try to say that, he tried to manipulate from what I heard and saw, he tried to manipulate you know, everything this guy was saying. He tried to manipulate him. He did. Well, not manipulate him, but he tried to manipulate what he was saying to make it sound worse than what it is. And the reason this was looked at as being turned into a circus, because it because basically when you go and watch this, it shows that none of these people that are putting TikTok into the situation of, hey, let's get rid of this son of, a, let's get rid of this troublemaking app, this non-trusting, you know, uh, data stealing info app, if you will. The reason people are looking at this recent hearing as a joke, as an embarrassment, as, you know, a, a circus, if you will, is because the people putting TikTok into this scenario, putting the CEO into this scenario, obviously don't know anything about TikTok. They obviously don't know anything about any of the apps that are social media related. You know, they don't, obviously, they don't know the ins and the outs. And it's like, it's like, seriously, you're the ones that are putting TikTok on trial, and by the sounds of it, 
You don't know what the hell you're talking about when it comes to TikTok, and yet the guy you put on trial, the CEO of the company, is telling you flat out, straight to your face, yeah, this is what TikTok is about. This is what you know we hold responsible. This is what we abide by. This is what we make sure does not happen. And yet the people that put them on trial, or putting them into this on this trial, this hearing, it sounds like they don't know what they're doing. They don't. I mean, I was watching a reaction video by Alex Hicks on his Raw Cognizance uh, channel. His Raw Cognizance channel, which is a second channel he has, um, if you will, it's a podcast. It's mainly a podcast-like channel, which right now is going is undergoing through or undergoing some uh, reconstruction, if you will, but it's still active, and he's the only one right now working on it. But on his Raw Cognizance, you know, channel, he did the reaction to it, and even he was like, are you serious? You're the people that are supposed to be helping to run our country correctly, and yet you are so out of touch with society and technology that you don't even know what the heck you're trying to, you know, ban in the first place. You don't know the ins and outs of it. And yet you're trying to ban it. What? But, but what? Because you say it's doing this and everything? It's like, first of all, if you're going to ban something like TikTok, you know, you need to know about TikTok. You need to learn the ins and outs on it. Now, one of the things they brought up was a lot of the negative stuff that came out from TikTok, like a lot of the challenges that would be put on TikTok that a lot of young kids, teenagers, uh, would, you know, would take part in, would participate in, which again, which I will admit is, which which I will admit does not do, a, you know, a website or not a website, but does a service, a social media service like TikTok any favors. Like the blackout challenge where you basically... Well, basically, you know, it's a challenge where you basically choke yourself till you pass out or even potentially die. It's like, yeah, that that's not a good thing. That's not something that makes TikTok look, you know, you know, good, you know, in the long run. It, it doesn't do them any favors. I will say that. But it's like what a lot of people have said, you know, about these apps. It's like they're saying they're good to have, but don't let your kids... Unless they are of uh, unless they are of age, do not let your kids have access to these kind of apps. Do not let them touch these kind of apps. And if you have to get their phone, get their tablets, and put parental guidance on there, and basically, if if you are allowed, put TikTok under that parental guidance where it's an app that they cannot access until they're of a certain age. That can be done. That can be done. Or you have the kid, basically, you know, you give him the phone. You give him the phone and everything, okay, or the tablet. But you make sure the kid does not, and I mean does not, enter it unless you are the one that puts in the passcode. A passcode only you know. So, I will admit that these challenges that will, you know, hurt people, hurt kids that mostly take part in it, either by, you know, hospitalization or even worse, 
Yeah, it doesn't make, you know, social media sites and apps like TikTok look good. But it's the parents that should take responsibility. And if I'm the parents, I take my kid's photo, their tablet, and if they have TikTok on there, I basically take that off, remove it, or what I do is I place it behind a parental got a parental shield. So in other words, they can access a Facebook if they have it or Twitter, you know, if they have it, but they cannot access TikTok because it's like, hey, that you know, that's that's not for you. That's not an app you should be accessing anymore and we put it behind this parental got uh, wall. You know, they, they that's what they need to do. That's what they need to do. But yeah, I admit that these kind of challenges, these that have a negative impact on our young, on our younger generation, that's that's not a good sign. You know, that's not a good sign for TikTok in the long run. And it's easy to see why Congress would want you know TikTok gone. Why people that support the Congress, you know, in this effort want to see TikTok gone because they're sick and tired of these challenges happening. But here's the one thing that Alex pointed out. Alex pointed out the fact that if you're going to get rid of TikTok, you might as well start targeting all the other social media sites, like Facebook, like Twitter, like Instagram, you know, like YouTube, like Rumble. You know, you might as well start targeting them because they're under the same umbrella of social media. You know, you might as well start targeting them if you're going to target TikTok. And TikTok is a place where people do run their businesses. They'll sometimes use TikTok to put out little advertisements, short advertisements of, hey, come and check out my Teespring store. Or come check out our new restaurant opening up here in Newman or Gustine. We got some great food. Check it out. You know, you take TikTok away, what are they going to do? Go to Facebook? Okay, Facebook's a great option, but then what? Then you're going to, what, you're going to target Mark Zuckerberg? What, not Mark Zuckerberg, but Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, Zuckerberg, or Zuckerberg, or whatever his name is? The guy that runs Facebook? What, are you going to target him next? And point out all the negativity that Facebook is about and how it's doing what tic- you say TikTok's doing? And then you're going to shut that down? And then what are you going to do? Target Elon Musk and get Twitter taken down? I mean, let, let's, fa- let's, let's look at the reality of this. Yes, there are some negative things that don't reflect very well on social media as a whole. Like these challenges. You know, and, and, and some of the more notable, you know, uh, social media sites and apps like TikTok, you know, you know, are are found guilty of this. They are found guilty of this, you know, of allowing these kind of challenges to take place, and they should know better, you know, they should know better and stuff like, you know, and, and it's just, it's just one of those situations to where, and I'm sorry, I got a little distracted there. I heard something in the background. I don't know what that was, uh, but anyway, you know, they should know better. They should know better than to allow this kind of, you know, social, what, what's the, this kind of social media, you know, that's going to have a negative impact on all the social media to take place. And yes, the parents do take responsibility because they should know better than to allow the kids to have something like TikTok on their phone. And again, there are phones, there are ways to block TikTok from being accessed. And you can use parental guidance and a special code to make sure it doesn't get access. But, 
again, you know, look, but again, like I said, you know, I, I get that these challenges don't put, the, you know, don't put social media apps like TikTok in a good light. They don't. They really don't. And TikTok does need to take responsibility for it. I will admit that. Facebook, because of some of the negative crap it, it faces, has to take responsibility. So does Twitter. So does Instagram. All of them do. Snapchat. All of them have to take responsibility. And they know it. Along with the parents. But, but here's the thing. Let's, let's be honest, guys. Let's be truly honest. And this is what I was trying to get to before I got distracted there with the noise that, that was coming from the outside. Let's, let's be honest here, okay? We all know what this is about. We all know, truthfully, truthfully, without a shadow of an effing doubt, we all know what this is about. This is all about the U.S., our country, basically pointing the finger at China and essentially using things like TikTok that come from China, that were founded in China, they're basically using that as a way of pointing the finger at China and say, we don't trust you anymore because you're responsible for COVID. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. It's not about TikTok and all that and some of the, neg- and some of the negative things that, you know, is associated with TikTok, which, again, you know, both the parents of the children and all that that go with these challenges they get put on TikTok. They should take responsibility. And TikTok should do something that prevents these kind of challenges from being uploaded and shared publicly. You know, I'll agree with that. But let's face the facts. Let's face reality here, folks. Let's face absolute reality. We all know the real reason. We all know that the real reason is because the U.S. and Congress and the Senate still put the majority of the blame on China for the COVID coronavirus outbreak. That's what this is about. It's not about TikTok, because if it was about TikTok, they would have learned and researched. Okay, let me remind that. What I was trying to say is if it's about TikTok, they would have done the research on what TikTok's about, you know, found out about what the, you know, you know, learned about the ins and outs about it before putting this hearing together, before dragging in the CEO about this, you know, and confronting him, trying to, you know, trying to basically, you know, basically find him guilty and lock him up and whatever. You know, if this was about TikTok, they should have done the research. They should have done the research in the first place, you know, to learn the ins and the outs, you know, of what they're going to be you know, putting on trial, putting in, you know, talking about and highlighting into this hearing. But they didn't do that because the truth is, the truth is, it's not about TikTok. It is about China taking the blame and responsibility in their minds for the COVID outbreak. That's what this is about. That's what this is about. And they could use TikTok as a cover-up all they want. Yes, as I mentioned, are there some negative things that came that, you know, they are right right to be angry about that came from TikTok? Yes, I do agree with that. There's no doubt all of us agree with that. You know, we do. But the responsibility is also shared on the parents for allowing the young kids to even have access to TikTok that has those kind of things taking place on it. But outside of that, outside of that, you could replace TikTok with any other 
any other, you know, social media, you know, uh, conglomerate. You can replace it with YouTube. You can replace it with Facebook. You can replace it with Twitter. You know, Snapchat, Instagram, Rumble, Daily Motion. You can replace it with any one of those, if not more. You know, you, you can replace it with any one of those, if not more. Put them in a similar situation. Put people like Elon or Mar Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg in the same position as the TikTok CEO is in right now. You could do all that. And at the end of the day, a lot of people will see through the BS. At the end of the day, a lot of people will see through the BS. And that BS is that they know what the real reason is. It's not because of all the negativity that's associated with TikTok or any of sites like them. No. Which, again, I do agree they should take responsibility, if not mostly, along with the parents. But at the end of the day, we all know the truth. And the truth, in my opinion, folks, my opinion, is it's all about China taking responsibility for COVID. That's what it is. That's what it is. I mean, why all of a sudden are you making TikTok, you know, a priority? What? Okay, look, again, I'm like I, like I said, I do agree. A lot of these challenges that have hurt young people, you know, hurt young people, caused them to be hospitalized are worse. I agree. That's not a good look for TikTok or any social media site that allows that to happen. That is the truth. Straight up. Straight up truth. That's not a good site for them, you know, or any social media site. I'll give you that. But the fact of the matter is this. Outside of that, outside of that negativity that is, you know, outside of those things and negativity that doesn't look make TikTok or any social media site look good in the long run for the future. Outside of that, we all know what this is about. We all know that this is just Congress and the Senate trying to basically get China to come out and admit, yes, we're responsible for COVID. Yes, we knew about the consequences. Yes, we're guilty. That's what it's, all, it's really all about. Because again, outside of those negative, you know, it was, you know, black eyes on social media, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram and Twitter. You know, when it comes to these unnecessary, you know, immaturist challenges and all that. Outside of those, what has TikTok really done? What has Facebook really done? What has Twitter really done? What has Instagram, Snapchat really done? You know, to cause Congress and Senate to want to see them shut down. Nothing. They've done nothing. And what this really is at the end of the day with TikTok is just their way of trying to get China to admit, okay, we we knew about COVID, we're responsible for it, we're guilty, lock us up. That's what it's about at the end of the day. And you can agree with me or not, it's Hey, it's just my opinion, just like you will have yours. But at the end of the day, you all know it's true, in a sense, that there is more to this than just, oh, TikTok's a bad thing, it shouldn't be around. You know, there are ways to fix 
something like TikTok. So this kind of negative negativity that that gives it a black eye, along with the likes of Facebook, Twitter, and everything, and all the other apps, social media apps that I mentioned, there is a way to patch up and fix it so it doesn't happen again. And the CEO of China knows it. Which, by the way, you want to know why people look at this as a three turning into a three ring freaking circus? You want to know why? It's because the guy that was the, the congressman that was, you know, putting the CEO on trial, if you will, in this hearing, who was constantly interrupting him because he didn't want to hear what the CEO was saying. <laughs> Get this. Tells the guy that, basically tells the guy he, he's Chinese. And the CEO has to say, no, sir, by the way, I'm not Chinese, I'm Singaporean. Yeah, Singaporean. He's from Singapore. You know what that also tells me? You know what that also tells me, folks? That also tells me that we have racist jerk holes. Racist jerk holes in Congress. Because how can you you mistake somebody for being one race or ethnicity, ethnicity, if you will, over another? How can you blame how can you quit how can you mistake one race aces authenticity over another? That don't make sense. It don't. But yet he did it. And the CEO had to correct him. That's why this is turning into a circus in the eyes of a lot of folks. <laughs> That's that that that's that's why this turned into a circus, and become pretty much as some people call it an embarrassment, because it is. It is. Truth is. Truth is, when I saw Alex's re- reaction video, and I heard the back and forth between the congressman and the CEO of TikTok. Like I said, it just dawned on me. It just dawned on me there that I know what this is really about. And look, again, I agree. The negative black eye, that these challenges that have cost young people, you know, their lives, have not hospitalized them. You know, yeah, the negative black eye is something that TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, they do not need. You know, they do not need. But outside of that, when I saw this, it, it just dawned on me there that I know what this is about. And what this is about is the U.S. wanting China to admit their guilt of, their, of being responsible for COVID. That if they take that responsibility and come out and say, yes, we're responsible, we're guilty, I think that would be the end of it. Maybe not, but I think that would basically be something that would say, you know, the U.S., you know, but basically it would be something that would say, you know, the U.S. can now stop using any other excuse to get people or to get at people just because, you know, they blame them for something that, yeah, they do have responsibility for a majority of it. But it's like, seriously, it, 
It's like, seriously, why don't you just, why don't you just admit the truth? Why don't you just tell this CEO of TikTok and tell China themselves that the reason you're dragging them through the mud, if you will, right now, you know, outside of the negative stuff, negative black eye that they have to endure right now because of those challenges, why don't you just acknowledge to them right now that the reason you're dragging them through the mud is because they are the best, most prolific example of showing the world that you that you find China guilty for the coronavirus. That's what this is, folks. And TikTok just happens to be, unfortunately, the biggest, you know, thing, the biggest, you know, I guess you could say dupe, if you will, fall guy, if you will, in this situation. Like I said, they can patch up and fix their app and prevent these kind of things, these negative, these challenges and all that from ever happening again. They can do that. There is no doubt. But, damn. If this isn't an example of, you know, basically hiding what your true agenda is in the long run, I don't know what is. Because, again, if this was legit, not only would they have done the research on what TikTok is to make sure they had all the information they needed so they don't have to interrupt the CEO and they could let him speak his piece, but they also wouldn't have mistaked him for a different, for being Chinese when he's not. And just looking at those two examples right there, not knowing what the heck you're fighting about when it comes to TikTok, as well as mistaking the CEO's you know, uh, race, his authenticity for something else, that tells me that this is nothing more, nothing more than just their way to blame China, to continuously blame China for the COVID situation. And TikTok just happens to be the biggest, you know, biggest fall person, fall guy, fall girl that they can find to take the fall, that, you know, to take the fall and, you know, go down with the ship, if you know what I mean. But yeah. I don't think this is really about TikTok. I think this is all about them getting China to come out and admit, yes, you're right, we're guilty, we knew about COVID, we said it on you on purpose, and everything else. We said it on you and the rest of the world on purpose, we're sorry, we're guilty. That's what this is about. And if it is, why don't the Congress and U.S. just say it? Congress and Senate, I should say, just say it. Why don't they just say it? Just say, okay, TikTok, you want the truth? You want, you want the truth, Mr. Was it Chow or Chow? Chow was his name. You want the truth, Mr. Chow? You know what? Here's the truth. You're right. TikTok shouldn't be put on here on trial here. Yes, you are right. Everything you've said does pan out. Does make sense. But if you want to know the truth as to why we are targeting TikTok, it's because you're the biggest target we can find to get China. And your government to admit that it's their fault the world suffered COVID. That's all they have to do. I know it sounds a little silly, but that's all they have to really do. Just tell the CEO, hey, we're not, we're not, like, hey, we don't, you think we really want you here? No, we don't. We're just using you as an example to say that China, what you did to the rest of the world and to the U.S. with COVID, 
It, this, what's happening with TikTok right now is on you. It's all they have to do. Because that's basically what this is all about at the end of the day. That's what this really is at the end of the day. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about this? Do you think Congress does have a point to get rid of TikTok? Or do you think it's just an excuse because they want China to come out and say, we're guilty. We knew about t- we knew about how COVID, we're the ones that set it out in the world. Oh, we're guilty. Because I, I think it is. And if that's the case, just come out and say it. Don't take, you know, uh, a very popular app that everybody, businesses, adults, responsible teens, responsible kids, uh, utilize, all right? Don't take that away because it's based out of China. Again, to me, all the evidence is there. The majority, the biggest, the two biggest pieces of evidence that this is not about TikTok and this is more about, you know, getting China to come out and admit that, you know, the COVID situation was their fault and that they did it on purpose or something. The biggest evidence, one, Congress didn't do their research on what TikTok is. And two, Mistaking the CEO for being Chinese when he's not. That, to me, is the biggest examples uh, examples of evidence that this is more than just about TikTok, in my opinion. It really is. But let me know what your thoughts, guys, are. Let me know what your thoughts are down below in the comment section, as well as in the live chat uh, doing this um, Topics on My Mind podcast. Let me know what your thoughts are. Do you agree with me on it or not? I'd love to hear from you guys on it. All right, so next up, uh, number four, number four. Let me get something to drink here for a second. Number four, more on Victoria Alonso getting fired, and now she's threatening to sue Disney. So, um, as I was talking about. Uh, in the last topics on my mind, which was on the final, where this was a final topic, uh, Victoria, more information came out about Victoria Alonso, and apparently, not only is she a part of the LGBTQ community because she is lesbian, but apparently, apparently, she did not get permission from Disney. To work on this Argentina 1985 movie with Amazon Films. She didn't. And even if she did, she was told that, okay, you could do it, but you can't do anything else outside of that. That basically she cannot, she, she, she cannot do any publicity. She cannot show up in any red carpets with the crew, the director, and all that. She's got to be loyal to Disney. Like, hey, we'll let you do the Argentina thing. We'll let you produce it, but you can't do any more outside of that. No promoting, no, you know, um, showing up at, you know, red carpet events with them. Nothing like that. You are Disney and Disney only. Well, depending on which side you believe, she basically didn't do any of that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like, even if she got permission... You know, to do to uh, produce the movie and everything, with the catch that she cannot do any publicity and all that, I'll be on the red carpet with them. 
guess what? She said, screw you, or F you, Disney. I'll do what I want. I'm Victoria Alonso. I'll do what I want. And guess what? She not only showed up at the red carpet uh, at the Oscars, at the Academy Awards, with the director of Argentina 1985 and the crew, but she also promoted it. She publicitated it, you know, as much as she wanted. And that got under Disney's skin. Because even if they gave her permission to do it, that basically, uh, that that situation of her going up, going against the agreement of, yeah, you could do the uh, producing of the film, but you can't do any more than that. Her basically giving the middle finger, her giving the, <clears throat> you know, that screw you, a gesture with the arms to Disney and going off and doing the publicity and showing up at the red carpet didn't do any favors. It didn't. But again, that's depending on whether or not you believe that side of the story, outside of the story that's making the rounds more so than anything, and that is the fact that she breached her contract with Disney and Marvel by going and doing this without the consent. Not just going and doing this producing of Argentina 1985, but also promoting it and being on the red carpet with the uh, pe the people behind it. You know, that, which is the one, like I say, making the rounds more so than the other story, that itself is not a good not a good sign. So they had no choice. They said, look, you breached your contract. You're not supposed to do this. You work for us. You're not supposed to do this. You have a contract with us. You breached it. You out. You out. So, guess what she's going to do? Her lawyer is going to help her sue the company. Yeah. They're going to help her sue the company. And apparently she wants to sue for, what is it? Um, let, me, let, me, let me see, guys. Hold on. I do apologize for any lag. I do apologize for any lag. Let me, let me, let me see here. Okay, so there's a lot of new information coming out. There's a lot of new information coming out. Okay, so... Let's see what we got here. And again, I do apologize for any lag. do apologize for any lag. Okay, so this is from Deadline. I'm looking at this at uh, courtesy of Deadline right now. This is from Deadline. And it says, uh, if they stop with the pop-ups and everything here. But this is on the 24th. It says, uh, this was reported on the 24th. It says, Victoria Alonso weighing legal action against Disney, uh, Disney Marvel over sudden firing. Quote, sudden, uh, quote, serious consequences. Promises lawyer Patty Gallison as house mouse or mouse house points at indisputable breach of contract. 
Yeah, let me reread that. The headline here is Victoria Alonso weighing legal action against Disney Marvel over sudden firing. Quote, serious consequences. Promises lawyer Patty Gallison as Mousehouse points at, indis quote, indisputable breach of contract. So, this is what it says here, and I quote, the Walt Disney Company is facing, quote, serious consequences and possible legal action over the pink slipping this week, or this past week, of Marvel VFX Chief Victoria Alonso. Making it clear that Bob Iger, Kevin Feige, and everyone at the House of Mouse House that she is, okay, making it clear to Bob Iger, Kevin Feige, and everyone at the House of Mouse that she is not going to, oh, that she is not going quietly, the Oscar-nominated producer has retained the services of Patty Glassler. To that end, was competing POVs on what was going on behind the scenes. The Gausler well think uh, uh, Howard Achim and Shopno LLP partner is putting Disney on notice. In a statement released Friday for the now former president, physical and post-production, VFX and animation production for Marvel Studios, the legislator who is now is already who is already taking Disney-owned Lucasfilm to court for canning Star Wars TV series The Acolyte, E.P. Karen McCarthy said. It says here, The idea that Victoria was fired over a handful of press interviews related to a personal passion project about human rights and democracy that was nominated for an Oscar and, and which she got Disney's blessing to work on is absolutely victorious. Oh, not victorious. Okay, let me reread that. <laughs> Okay, the idea, this is from, I think, what was her name? Uh, what was her name? Uh, Karen, oh, Carrie McCarthy? Okay, Carrie McCarthy says, The idea that Victoria was fired over a handful of press interviews related to a personal passion project over, about human rights and democracy that was nominated for an Oscar and which she got Disney's blessing to, to work on is absolutely ridiculous. Victoria, a gay Latina, who had the courage to criticize Disney, was silenced. Then she was terminated when she refused to do something she believed was uh, reprehensible. Disney and Marvel made a really poor decision that will have serious consequences. There was a lot more to the story, and Victoria will be telling it shortly in one form or another. Okay, now here's what the rest of the article says, and it quotes, Disney isn't taking the sh shot... Okay, this is what Deadline says in, in response to that. And again, that was from a Karen McCarthy, I think a friend of hers. But this is what Disney said in response. And I quote, this is also from Deadline. It says, It's unfortunate that Victoria is sharing a narrative that leaves out several key factors concerning her departure, including an undisputable breach of contract and a direct violation of company policy. We will continue to wish her the best for the future and thank her for her numerous contributions to the studio. That was what one Disney spokesman said to Deadline. Now, it says here, and I quote, Alonzo still has her Possibility Is Your Superpower memoir coming out later this year on Disney imprint. It says, The very press-friendly Alonzo, who was constantly an outspoken champion of diversity at Disney, to the point where she called out then-Disney CEO Bob Chapek to, quote, take a stand against Florida... Of Florida's anti-LGBTQ legislation 
Don't Say Gay Bill abruptly departed earlier this week from Marvel Studios after a near two-decade run. Let's see. Okay, so they quote what she was telling Chapek. Okay. So here's where it gets interesting. It says, however, with what we heard, that the viewers, Airborne's... Okay. For, however, with... With that, we hear that the... Okay, let me kind of reread this in a way that makes sense for all of us. However, with that, we hear that Alonzo did not initially seek permission to produce the Academy Award-nominated Argentina 1985, but did see her contract redrafted out of respect for her years at the company. The sticking point was that Alonzo was distinctly not supposed to promote the political drama, which she did. That was the breaking point, an insider says. Okay. So let's see. Let's continue on. It says, As for Alonzo being told to stay away from the press, there are more than a handful of media clippings from June last year announcing her memoir and with quotes from the then exec. And what is certain to become an... Okay. Let me, uh, let me kind of get this up here for a second. Okay. And what is certain to become an even sharper elbows... Oh, oh, okay. Okay, let me read that. And what is certain to become even sharper elbows if this goes to court? Deadline has been told that despite her affirable uh, demeanor to the press, Alonzo was sometimes challenging to work with at the House of Mouse. The punishing schedule aside, one inside decided how Alonzo would take days off to conduct her own personal business affairs. Read producing the Argentina 1985 Oscar-nominated film. Excuse me there. And this ultimately resulted in, to some degree, in a logjam of Marvel films and TV series in the post-production pipeline, causing major theatrical release date deadline uh, delays. While many studios suffered delays in the post-production houses due to the pandemic, Disney on several occasions postponed its biggest films, i.e. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor Love and Thunder, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, and Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, and most recently the Marvels. In the new cost-cutting, job-cutting Iger 2.0, Count VFX Expensives, which was chiefly under Alonzo's domain, as one of those line items that needs to be reined in. Whether or not that meant showing the door to Alonzo is a whole other matter, likely heading towards a payout or a trial at this rate. The hiring of Hollywood heavyweight legislator Gazlin was first reported by Variety. So, ooh, and I hit the finger on my mic there. I do apologize. Um, and again, I do apologize for any lag there. It's not receiving much there. Um... So I do apologize for that. Uh, but anyway, yeah, again, depending on what you believe uh, coming out of this, you know, depending on what you believe, uh, she basically, whether or not she got the blessings from Disney, from what people are saying, she was not supposed to promote the film. It's like, you could do the film, but you can't promote it. That was one thing. It's like, you could do the film, but you can't promote it. You can't do interviews, you can't be on the red carpet or nothing. But 
she defied that. She said, no, I'm going to promote this film. This is a personal passion project of mine. I'm going to promote it whether you like it or not. That was her attitude, apparently. But if you believe the more uh, talked about side, which has been you know, talked about throughout more articles than anything, um, basically, you know, not only did she not get the permission and blessing from Disney, but she would use her personal time off to work on the project, you know, by, you know, you know, taking all these days off when she didn't need to, she would take all these days, she would take these unnecessary days off uh, when she didn't need to, to work on the project, which caused a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, behind this, a lot of delays, a lot of basically, what's the word I'm looking for? A lot of basically, you know, log jamming, as they call it. I think that's what they call it, log jamming in you know, post-production with the VFX effects and all that. So, yeah, she she basically, I think, you know, screwed herself. She screwed herself. Now, she's trying to change the narrative to where, you know, she's the victim, not Disney. And she's hired this heavyweight, uh, Patty Gowler, it sounds like, to back her up on her claims. But here's what a lot of people are saying. You can hire the best lawyers in the business. Disney's going to outdo you with their lawyers because they got even better lawyers. And apparently they have undisputable evidence that she breached her contract. So the question's going to be, depending on how this gets finalized, you know, you know, what is she going to do? It's like, what is she going to do if she goes to court puts all this on the table. See, this is all, and basically says, here's my evidence. Here's everything that shows that I was a victim. Now I'm back to excellent condition here. I do apologize for any lag and buffering. But like I said, what is she going to do? Is she goes to court with them potentially. Is she going to show and show off and say, see, see, here's all the evidence that shows I'm the victim. I'm the one that was in the right. They're in the wrong. What is she going to do once they, the lawyers, which many people say are some of the best lawyers you can hire, what is she going to do when they place down in front of the judge and in front of the jury the evidence they have of her breaching her contract? What is she going to do? What is her answer going to be? What is her lawyer going to do? Is her lawyer going to look at that and be like, you know, have the reaction of, oh, blankety blank, we're screwed? Or is she just going to, you know, agree to a settlement? Or is she going to come out and admit it and say, okay, okay, fine, fine, I admit it. I didn't get the consent. I didn't get the permission. But I've been holding off on this project for too long. I needed to get it done before I retire. I, I, I you know, I wanted to get it done. I, I couldn't hold it off any longer. Is that what's going to happen? Is that what's going to happen? That she's going to, if she can't basically back up, you know, the evidence she has in front of the evidence they have? Is she going to basically okay say, okay, I agree to a sentiment, da-da-da? Or is she going to finally say, all right, all right, and admit that, you know, she didn't get permission and that, and this is the way I look at it, is she going to acknowledge that she's had this on her mind to do for so long that she basically felt that if she didn't do it now, she wouldn't get another chance? Is that what, is that what this is about? Or not about, but is that going to be her answer? Is that going to be your answer? Because I think it might be. I think it just might be her answer of she's going to come out and say, you know, if she, if she can't basically back up what she's claiming and she has to admit the truth, she's going to be saying, okay, look, truth is I didn't get a permission. They're right. I'm wrong. But I've, but I've had my mind on doing this for so long, I didn't know how much longer I would have to before I wouldn't be able to do it. 
Maybe that's what happened. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know, but I can tell you honestly. I can tell you honestly that if I'm her, that if I'm Victoria Alonso, and I know that I'm going to be in a juggernaut battle, possibly a losing juggernaut battle in court with Disney, I either settle this before it gets there behind the scenes, or basically I just swallow my pride and knowing that I could lose, just stop memorizing what I'm going to say, you know, truthfully to the judge. And then when that time comes, if it does, just admit, look, this is a passion project I've had on my mind to do for such a long time. I wasn't sure when I'd be able to get to do it, you know, any sooner. So I decided to do it when I shouldn't have. You know, is that it? We don't know. And here's what I think is going to happen. If she was to settle. I think the agreement will be, yes, she can go off and do other things again, you know, you know, or go off and do whatever she wants now, you know, with whoever, with whatever company or studio hires her. But the agreement, the settlement will be, here's a certain amount of money, but because you used company time to work on this when you should have focused on other things, we get, that being Disney, we get a, you know, a, you know, what's the word? We get a huge chunk of the pie of the Argentina 85 movie. In other words, whatever like revenue it gets back from, you know, on-demand purchases or rentals or theatrical showings that it might get still. You know, if they go with a settlement, part of that settlement might be Disney getting part of that revenue in their favor because Victoria basically utilized time she shouldn't have used to work on it. That could be what happens. But yeah, apparently, apparently Disney, you know, has undisputable evidence that she breached her contract. And she's trying to say, no, that's not true. You gave me your blessing. You gave me your blessing and everything. But you got all this other stuff of, okay, if they gave her her blessing, gave them, if they gave her, her their blessing, you know, she agreed. She did. You know, she did agree not to promote the movie, did not, not be on the red carpet for the film, but yet. You know, she decided to go against that. You know, so so we're going to, so we'll see what happens. If it goes to court, I got a feeling that the more talked about, oh, she did it without the consent, without the blessing, and da-da-da, I think that's going to be the more favorable direction, the more truthful direction that's going to get revealed, and not the, um, and not the, oh, she got the blessing, but she didn't get the consent and or anything to promote it and everything because they told her not to as part of the agreement. We'll see. We'll have to see. But yeah. But yeah, if I'm Victor if I'm anybody that's looking to get in a position like Victoria Alonso with any major company studio like Disney or Warner Brothers or Universal Comcast, if I want if I'm someone that wants to get in that position, I need to tell myself that from here on in, if I'm gonna work with them in that position, I loyal I'm only loyal to them and no one else. That's it. Or if you're thinking about it, thinking about, oh, I want to be in that position, but you're also like, well, yeah, I want to be in that position, but I also have these other things I want to do. Maybe you need to weigh that and be like, well, I want to be there, but I want to get this done first. So you know what? I'll hold off on that offer or hold off on that job I want to get, you know, that someone like Victoria Alonso had, and I'm going to focus on my personal passion project first. 
That might be the best directive. And I think that's the lesson learned here. If you're going to basically be, you know, or you're basically going to try out for, or apply and try out for the job position she had in any studio company, then the best thing to do is look at what you want to do first from a, from a passion, you know, independent perspective, focus on that, and then go back to what, to that opportunity of getting that job. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it. All right. So, with that said, with that said, let's get on to number five. And the number five topic is divide on whether CM Punk will return to AEW, AEW soon. Now, we've talked about this already, but long story short, CM Punk came out and did a tweet and delete on his Instagram calling out a lot of people, Dave Meltzer, Jericho, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, and so on. And then he deleted it. And then, of course, there's been discussion whether or not you know, he may have potentially burned the remaining parts of the bridge of him to come back to AEW and stuff like that. So you got a lot of people, a lot of a lot of the fan base, and even those within the comp- within the wrestling industry, uh, going back and forth, and whether or not you know he'll um, he'll make a return or he's done, or if he's basically done. And you know, there's people like Alex Hicks, just Alex, Alex's world. JD from NY206 and Solo Monster that basically feel that basically feel well at least some of them do I think Solo Monster feels a little bit more different but I think Alex and JD feel like you know Punk's coming back in some way always said Alex and Solo Monster it's one of them but at least two out of the three feel like he's coming back where the other doesn't and look when I look at this situation with CM Punk and how outspoken he is, you know, I think a lot of people have said it before, When even before he came back to wrestling, you know, or even before he officially debuted with AEW. Excuse me. Here's the thing. CM Punk is a very outspoken, out, not smoking, but very outspoken individual. He does not care who you are. You know, if he feels, excuse me, if he feels you are a detriment to the business and even to him, if he feels that way, he will he will let you know it. He will basically take the uh, Glock, if you will, aim it at you and say, right into the middle and say, hello. You know, that's what he'll do. And I, I know I shouldn't have said that uh, based on what happened today, so I do apologize. But you get the idea. He'll basically take the arrow and aim for the target on the tree, boom, and hit the apple that's, you know, um, hanging from a rope on a tree branch right, right in front of it, right in front of the target. He'll take the arrow, boom, and he will basically, basically shoot straight right into that apple and right into the bullseye. That's what he would do. And again, I do apologize for that other allegory I used there. I do apologize. Lord, forgive me in your name I pray. Amen. Uh, but anyway, he'll basically let you, he'll basically run you down. He will basically show no mercy 
and when he starts basically verbally letting you have it and how he feels about you. He won't. He won't. And honestly, any wrestling promotion, any combat sports promotion out there, they need to realize what they get themselves into when they bring someone like a CM Punk in. Because those are the kind of people that will not hold back. Those are the kind of people that I think I've mentioned before, you know, love pro wrestling enough that they feel that if it's going to get taken seriously, you need to inject a lot of realism into it. You know, even if that real, realism means getting under the skin of certain people you're going to work with and then taking them aside and saying, hey, look, I know I got under your skin, but I'm doing it because it gets people's attention. It gets them talking if we are real. And I think that's the kind of person Punk is. He's the kind of person that looks at the fact that, hey, we can make money with this, but we got to be real. We can't be like, okay, uh, I'm supposed to say this, or we can't be told, go out there and say this and this and this and this, you know, touch upon this, touch upon that. No, he's the kind of guy that's like, hey, we go out there and we shoot, you know, we shoot from the hip, we speak from the heart, you know, we real. We, you know, we don't hold back, we don't bullet point anything. So, so yeah, you know, CM Punk is the kind of person that's like that. And obviously not a lot of wrestling locker rooms, you know, you know, um, enjoy it. Not a lot of them do. Some do, some don't. You know, not a lot, not a wrestling, not a lot of the wrestling community, YWC, IWC, you know, FWC, Facebook wrestling community, TWC, Twitter wrestling community. You know, none of them. You know, RS, you know, RWC, Reddit wrestling community. You know, none of them like it. Some some do, some don't. And that's why I think there's a divide right now on whether or not he's going to come back. Because some like the idea that Punk is outspoken, will be real, doesn't need a bullet point or anything. He'll just let go. And they feel and believe that helps generate you know, revenue and you know, for the company he's a part of. And gets people's attention not only on the company, but gets them talking about whatever he's a part of, you know, storyline-wise. Well, others... You know, don't like the idea of someone like Punk being like that because it takes away from the enjoyment of the product and everything. It's like, you know, they understand, hey, you can be real once in a while. You can inject a little bit of realism here and there. But if you try to be real 24-7, it takes away from the enjoyment of the product. So I can understand that divide, you know, on from the fans and from those inside the business that, you know, feel whether or not Punk will make a return. Because... Honestly, if he does, honestly, if he does, if he does make a return to AEW, and they agree, hey, let's inject that realism. Let's just, you know, you know, speak from the heart, if you will, shoot from the brain. Uh, I would, uh, you know, speak from the heart, basically. You know, turn off the sensible part of the brain and just go forth, if you will. Um, then. You know, if he makes a return and they agree to do something like that, especially if he, you know, gets involved with working with some people projecting with the Blackpool Combat Club against the Elite, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, turn up the dial a hundred, turn up the dial a hundred when it comes to viewership, merchandise, ratings, you name it, because it will generate, it will generate, especially if you let that happen. Now, on the other hand, you know. On the other hand, if he doesn't return, you know, if he doesn't return, 
then it's a great loss. It is a tremendous loss for AEW. It is a tremendous loss for Tony Khan if he doesn't return. Because you are basically, you know, telling the world that what you pretty much promoted off a rumor, which pretty much everybody knew was true anyway, and sold out the United Center, 20 plus thousand people, on a rumor, which they knew was true anyway. You're just going to tell them that you just wasted your money over the past two, three years. You just wasted your money away, you know, on this guy that basically is not going to return any kind of investment for you. He's not. And now you're probably going to let him walk right into the arms of WWE again. Or at least walk into the shaking hand, agreement-wise, of Triple H and WWE. And a lot of people don't want to see that because they know that even though he might be able to uh, make WWE better than it ever has been, they, they look at the fact that he can do much more for AEW. Because out of, out of the two companies, AEW needs people like him more so than WWE. So is there a chance he could come back? Absolutely. I'm not denying it. Especially if they play their cards right. And they get everybody to work on the same page. But I, I don't know. It, it, the, ultimate, the, open, the ultimate deciding, uh, the ultimate decision maker here is Tony Khan. He is. He is the ultimate decision maker. Yes. Does Chris Jericho have a lot of pull in the company? Absolutely. Does John Moxley have a lot of pull in the company? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, despite the pull they have, despite the pull that the EVPs have, that being Omega, the Bucks, Page, at the end of the day, Tony Khan has the final say. So if Tony Khan wants the attention to be on All Elite Wrestling post-WrestleMania, you know, while WWE is resetting themselves for another year or for whatever the future holds, you know, when it comes to the company and all that and so on and roster and so on and so forth. If I'm Tony Khan, I make that decision. I say, look, I'm the boss. I'm bringing Punk back. You guys are going to work with him. We're going to make this look as real and legit as possible. And that's that. He needs to make that decision. He needs to do it. And you know what? If you want to avoid any behind-the-scenes issues, you know, put Punk, you know, give Punk a trailer. Give him a trailer outside of the arena so he can be in private. He can be in peace. And then when it's time for him to come out, he comes out of the trailer, goes into the arena, you know, and does his thing and with, you know, by himself or with whoever he's working with. It's as simple as that. Simple as that. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those. Um, I, I guess you could say it's one of those situations that if you're in Tony Khan's position, you're like, well, I want the guy back, but I don't like him calling me out sometimes and calling some of the talent out. But you know, him doing that does make us money it does make us revenue so you know I'm hmm, you know it's like hmm I want him back but h- how do I work with that you know it, it basically I I do not envy being in Tony Khan's shoes right now 
But if he wants people talking more about AEW post-WrestleMania, you know, starting next week, he needs to get the ball rolling and he needs to make the decision today. Whether Punk comes back or he releases Punk, you know, from the contract without a non-compete clause connected to it. But, yeah, there is a divide. Some people want him back, fan and wrestler-wise, and everything, and insider-wise. And there are some that don't, fan, wrestler, and insider-wise. Whatever. So now we just have to sit back and let Tony Khan be that ultimate decision-maker. Does he bring CM Punk back and put his foot down saying, hey, we're going to do it this way? Or... Does he let him go with a non-compete clause and possibly walk right into the shaking shaking hands of Paul Levesque and make some business there for WWE? We'll have to see. We'll have to see. But let me know what your thoughts are in the comments as well as in the live chat, you know, as we progress on here. All right. So next up, more wrestling-related news. Vince McMahon reimbursed WWE with $17.4 million. But does that mean he's in the clear and back fully? So this past Friday, or at least this past Friday and Thursday, news came out, according to Variety, that Vince McMahon had reimbursed $17.4 million back to WWE. This pretty much, in a lot of people's minds, um... You know, confirms that he is guilty of the accusations made against him for, you know, basically raping a lot of these women, sleeping with them, basically NDAing them over the past couple of years, if not the past decades. You know, it, it just proves that he's guilty on all fronts of that. But, but here's the question, though. Does that mean... He, Uh, does that mean, excuse me, I just uh, got a message there. Uh, but does that mean he's back fully in WWE? You know, like, does that mean he's in the clear? Does that mean he's back fully? Like, you know, is he back creatively fully, partially, whatever? <sighs> Look, just because he reimbursed the $17.4 million, which proves he's guilty about all the accusations against him, just because he did that, it doesn't mean he's in the clear. It doesn't mean he's in the clear when it comes to the impending lawsuits from the shareholders. It doesn't mean he's in the clear when it comes to uh, any other legal action that's going against him. And two, it doesn't mean he's back fully, if at all. You know, I, look, and I know people can say, oh, well, this is a Vince McMahon move. This is a Vince McMahon move. Da, 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 da. It's WrestleMania. You think Vince is going to sit back and let Hunter run it? Da, 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 da. Look, believe all you want because, yes, as I've, as I've said numerous times before, Vince McMahon's actions over the past several years, the past several years, have basically given you a negative taste in your mouth. Alright? And not just a negative taste in your mouth, but it's basically rented space in your mind to the point that you think anything that looks like it's a Vince move, you're automatically going to think it's Vince. So first of all, one, no. He's not back fully, creatively, or anything. He's not. Let's put an end to that right now. And again, does it mean he's in the clear? No. Just because he reimbursed $17.4 million back to the company doesn't mean he's in the clear. Because the shareholders are still going to want him out. They're still going to go after him. 
And there's a lot more probably waiting in the rings. They're probably looking at what Vince is doing and going like, yeah, you can reimburse all this money you want, Vince. You're still gonna get your, we're still going to get your ass in court and we're still going to get you out of here. So, no, I don't think it means he's, I don't, look, I don't think it means he's in the clear when it comes to that kind of stuff. And no, it does not mean he's back fully when it comes to creative and all that. No, it doesn't. So I want people to forget about that right now. Take that out of your mind and forget about it. Okay? Because no, he is not back. Period. He is not. He is not back whatsoever, you know, fully. Because if he was, if he was back, I'll put it this way. If he was back, First of all, first of all, would Cody be allowed to have the belt he has right now that he's going to wear at WrestleMania with all the companies, promotions he's worked for since he left WWE six, seven years ago? No. Vince would want to see that. Vince, if he hears an inkling of that, creatively, would want to see it and tell Cody, you get rid of that belt, you just wear a plain white belt with your name on it. That's it. He doesn't want no acknowledgement of any other company. And speaking of that, do you think Cody and Roman would be allowed to even acknowledge in some capacity AEW in the recent promo? No. No. They, they would. The fact of the matter is this. Whether you believe Vince is back or not, I'm telling you right now he's not. He isn't. Because if he was, the excuse me, the first people that would say anything would be people like Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful Select, PW Insider, Mike Johnson, Russell Votes. They would all be reporting it. They would all be reporting it because I guarantee you there would be a picture coming out right off the bat if he's in head if he if, you know if he's in creative recently with a headset on going like Corey Graves, call Johnny Gargano a short man, call Chad Gable shorty G. Somebody would take pictures of that. And they would have a date on it. But we haven't seen that yet, have we? We haven't seen reports of that, have we? No. The truth is, he's not back fully. And he is not in the clear. As far as any of the other allegations and lawsuits coming his way, you know, are concerned. He's not. He's not. So I think a lot of people need to stop concerning themselves with him being back fully creatively and everything. He's not. He might have some input here and there. But remember, Paul Levesque has the final say. And I, and heck, people like Jason Solomon, the Solomon State, even said it best. You know, maybe the reason we're getting things like Lesnar and Omos is because Triple H, Paul Levesque knows, hey, if I don't give him this match, you know, he might try to sneak back in. So I'll give him, I'll throw him a little bone. And that's what he did. Same thing with Trish and Lita. I'll throw him a little bow. There you go. That's what he did. He's not gonna. He's not gonna sip. He's not gonna basically, you know, you know. He's not gonna tell you. Uh, he's not gonna straight up tell you. Yeah, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm afraid of Vince. No, he's throwing him a little bow. That's what he's doing to keep him away. To keep that temptation of trying to get back away, even though, even though it's been reported. That through this SEC agreement, he can't do any more than what he said he's there to do. 
and that's facilitate a sale and look over the media rights for television. And that's it. And by, and by, and by the way, need we forget, need we forget, according to various reports, he's not working the kind of hours he used to anymore. His normal, he's working normal hours now. Those normal, those normal hours, if you will, those normal hours, if you will, those are basically hours that are more like regular work hours, apparently. Like, essentially for him, it's probably like 12-hour days. Like, go in there at 7 a.m., get out at 7 a.m., get out at 6, and that's it. Well, go in there at 6, get out at 5. Maybe it's 8-hour days. We don't know. We don't know. But the point is, Vince... Vince is not back fooling. So you can you can cross that out of your mind. And no, he is not out of the woods yet by being cleared. He can pay as much money as he wants to try to get his name cleared. Try to clear things up. But it's like I said one time before. How deep will those pockets reach? How much further does he have to reach down in his pocket? He has to reach down in his pocket... To pay off any debt or any lawsuits or anything to get his name cleared. How much further? Because the further he goes, the more sooner it's going to result in him being broke. And he knows it. And I think the shareholders and those that are throwing these lawsuits at them, at him and all that, they know it too. So no, he is not in the clear yet. And no, he is not back. Because if he came back fully... He's going to. Be, he's basically. Uh, he's disregarding that SEC agreement that he made, and that gets him in legal trouble. So no, he's not back fully, no matter what you want to say. And that's just my opinion. And you know what? If I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I don't think I am because again, Sean Rossap, Mike Johnson, PW Insider, Wrestle Votes, reliable sources, would say otherwise. So I don't think he's back, and no, I don't think. He's in the clear, even if he refurbished $17.4 million to WWE, which proves he is guilty of the accusations that were put against him because of these women, especially when it comes to the NDA that he had some of the recent women agree to, if not the women throughout the years and decades. So no, he is not back in the, so he's not in the clear yet, and he's not back fully. And that's all I'm going to say on that. But let me know what your thoughts are. Let me know what your thoughts are on it down below in the comment section. Love to hear from each and every one of you as I get up for a second, guys, and stretch. Ah, there we go. Pop the elbow. And now we're going to move on to the next topic here, the second to last topic, which is number seven. And this second to last topic goes like this. Will Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and forever... Oh, okay, let me reread that. <laughs> Let me read that, okay? So, yeah, this stretch the legs a little bit and everything. But number seven, as we get to two hours and 58 minutes here. Yeah, it's a long one, isn't it? <laughs> two hours and 58 minutes. Will Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always open the door for other nostalgic shows, animated or live action, to make a return on services like Netflix? Now, the reason I asked that question is one of the shows that is being currently worked on that came out around the same time as Mighty Morphin is Sonic's at AM 
by team season. And they are working on this mainly to try to at least you know get the invent get the interest of any potential uh, platform out there. And right now it looks like the more logical direction they're going to go in from a presentation standpoint when it's all said and done is YouTube and their website and their YouTube channel. But they obviously want to get the attention of other platforms outside of YouTube. And Netflix is an obvious choice. But we have to remember the show that Team Season is trying to continue with the Lost Season 3 is on Paramount+. Plus. So, you know, to me, so obviously they're doing what, so obviously what the, the, so obviously at the end of the day, they will do what they can to get that, to get the attention of either one of them to try to get Sonic Satyam back to Providence in some shape or form or fashion. Now, with that said, you know, will this happen because Mighty Morphin Power Rangers MPR is once and always special opening the door? I think it will. I think it will because, you know, here's the thing. With Power Rangers, we've seen many crossovers with some of the newer Ranger shows and everything. You know, a lot of crossovers, return of older Rangers and stuff like that. But we've never had something of this caliber. Something that basically goes right back to where it started and everything and really just pays tribute not just to where it all began but also references and acknowledges all the other Ranger uh, shows and locations and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think honestly it is, I think it does honestly open the door for other animated or live action shows to try to make a return in a similar fashion that once and for, once and always is doing. Like I said, Team Season with you know Sonic Satyam in season three, I think is a you know a good example of trying to go in that direction and you know. Uh, give the fans something that they've been wanting for over 30 years. Uh, there are other shows that Saban was part of, like um, VR Troopers. If they want to go back and try to do that, maybe as a reunion, they could do that. Big Bag Beetleborgs, uh, Common Rider, Mask Rider, if you will. There is a lot there that they can do new stuff with, uh, reunion-wise and everything, uh, with services like with streaming services like Netflix, like Amazon Prime Video, like Paramount Plus, like Peacock, like Disney Plus, like HBO Max, you know, hold on for a sec. Sorry, wrong number I think they got. Uh, but anyway, like I said, um, like I said, hold on for a sec. Just let that, okay. Like I said, you got, um, again, sorry for that interruption. I don't know who that was. Um, area code 562, obviously not around here. Uh, but anyway, anyway, let me get my mic adjusted again. I do apologize. Uh, but anyway, like, you know, you got services like Netflix and you know, Amazon Prime Video, um, Paramount Plus, Peacock, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, you know, uh, HBO Max, you know, MGM Plus, us and all that. You got all these services that, you know, you could work with to do these kind of 
re, do these kind of reunion specials similar to what Power Rangers is doing with Netflix. So, excuse me there. So, you know, I so yeah, to me, I think that I so to me, um, honestly, I think that you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always is opening the door, and I think it all depends on the success, you know, the viewership numbers that Netflix is gonna, you know, rake in with the initial showing and probably repeated, you know, showings of the special, you know, by by folks that want to see it and want to see it over and over again. It's all going to depend on that success. And once that success is shown, and if it's shown in a decent way, that's going to open the door for other, you know, nostalgic shows, animated live action to try to get that treatment. You know, again, Team Season is trying to do what they can with Sonic Satyam. And if they see and hear that Once and all, once and Always has had a record-setting viewership number uh, in the first 24, 48 hours for Netflix, to me, that opens the door for them to at least contact Netflix and say, hey, you know, we got something that came out around the same time that has a passionate fan base just as much, you know, as the Power Rangers do. You want to take a crack at this? And they can explain the situation with Season, and maybe that's maybe Season gets an opportunity on Netflix. We'll see. Or maybe they prom- promote it to Paramount and said, hey, you saw those Netflix numbers, you know, those record-breaking numbers that Netflix got because of Once and Always. Hey, here we have Sonic Satyam Season 3. You know, this is something that fans have been wanting just as much as that. You know, it's got a big, just a big, if not bigger fan base. You know, what do you say? And maybe Paramount Plus will go like, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. We'll take part in that. You know, who knows? Who knows? Um, but, yeah, to me, it definitely opens the door. It really does open the door, in, in my opinion, for um you know for a uh you know for other like i said shows nostalgic shows animated uh live action to to take part in it really does because you know when again when you look at when you look at the possibility of all those nostalgic shows of the 80s the 90s the early to mid 2000s it's just endless i mean heck if you're my little pony friendship is magic fan I mean, you know, Netflix has only the first four seasons currently right now. This becomes a huge success. If I'm an MMP, if I'm an M- if I'm an MLP FIM fan, you know what I do? I watch the Power Ponies episode as much as I can to say, "Hey, we want the we want the ponies back." You get all those seasons here, and I guarantee you, my I'm not saying it will happen, but there's a good chance they might say, "Okay, you promise us the same viewership numbers, we'll get you seasons five to nine. And there you go. That might happen. That might happen as a result. We don't know. But there are possibilities. There are strong possibilities. There's no doubt for any no doubt about it that could come out of this for other nostalgic shows but in the past forty to thirty years. There's a lot of potential. There really is. I mean again, team season, obviously, you know, common rider, mask rider, VR troopers, big bad beetleborgs, I mean you name it. It could happen. You know, it could happen. This, I'm not. I'm not trying to say it would. I'm not trying to say it will. But it's a potential potentiality that could become a reality. You know, with the success. You know, with once and always. I mean, you got all the hype behind it now, and everything, and you're having it basically positioned as, you know, a, a reunion special that's grown up with the audience that was a, you know, grew that 
you know, were young when it started. I mean, come on. I mean, come on. It's going to... It's definitely going to have some record-setting numbers for Netflix, and I think Netflix knows it. I think they really do. So, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, I honestly believe it's going to open the door for many more, many more uh, nostalgic shows from the animated perspective and live-action perspective to get a similar treatment. I really do. Heck, you might get sequel reunions. We might get a sequel reunion for In Space, for Zio, for. Um, you know, for Turbo, you know, for Lost Galaxy, you know, Time Force, you know, you name it. We we might get reunion specials, you know, for those based on the success of this. But it's a, as the old saying goes, it's a wait and see uh, situation. It really is. But, you know, in my opinion, in my opinion, I think it is possible. I think... When you look at the time frame we're in now, you know, you got all the people that grew up on these shows and everything, animated and live action, they're now taking the reins and saying, hey, we're bringing these back, and we'll bring them back in a way that stays true to what they were before. So to me, it does open the door. It does open the door for many that, I, many that, I've, even, that I've mentioned to make a return. And even some that I haven't. Like Wild West Cowboys or Moon Mesa, that can make a return. We know that Biker Mice is trying to make a return. This this the success here of Power Rangers could help it out even more. So we know it's we know we know that the door is gonna open. It's gonna it won't just be regularly open. It's gonna get kicked down. It's gonna get kicked down. Because the viewership numbers that once and always is going to give Netflix on April, what is it, nineteenth, is gonna be mind boggling. Mind-boggling, and that's a fact. That is a fact. But let me know what your thoughts are, guys. Do you think Mighty Morphin Power Rangers once and always will open the door for other nostalgic shows, animated or live-action, to make a return in a reunion kind of way uh, for services, streaming services like Netflix, you know, like an Amazon Prime Video, MGM Plus, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, HBO Max, Paramount Plus, Peacock? What are your thoughts? Do you think do you think it'll happen? Let me know in the comments as well as in the live chat during this uh, during this live stream or in the comments afterwards. We'd love to hear from hear your thoughts on it. All right. So the last one here, last one here, is number eight. Is PlayStation planning a PS6 console to be released soon? Well, PS5 hasn't even hit its stride, and that is a good topical uh, good topic and topical question to end on uh, are they planning a PS6 mm, I don't know I mean uh, last I heard there was reports that they were considering it uh, that the, they were strongly considering it uh, I don't know if they're in the process of doing it um, I think that if we I think that if there's any information, I think there's, there's any information to come about a PS6 coming. I think if there's any, you know, information, I think logically we're going to get that information probably by E3. Now you might say, well, Sony's not part of E3. You know, they, they uh, backed out. That's true. But it doesn't mean Sony won't put on their own E3-like event to compete with them. Just like Nintendo's going to do, do for their for their Switch or whatever future consoles and stuff they have planned. 
games, accessories, and all that. Same as Microsoft. These three big giants, ladies and gentlemen, are going to have their own E3 events during E3. And it'll be during the PlayStation 1 that we find out whether or not a PlayStation 6 is in the works. It might be years off. Like, they'll make the announcement, hey, within the next two, three years, PlayStation 6 is coming. You know, and if that's the case, you know, you know, not, not only, if that's the case, not only will we have, you know, a definitive, I guess you could say a definitive answer, if not time, time frame release-wise, you know, for it, but speculation would start ramping up. Like, okay, what can the PS6 do that the PS5 hasn't done, you know, out, you know, um, outside of the PS4? Like, you know, we know the PS5 graphically, engine-wise and all that is better than the PS4 right now. The PS4 is still a popular brand. I mean, it's, as far as we know, it has not been discontinued yet, you know, as a console. But we still, but we know... But we know the brand is still there. The focus, though, more so is on PS5, which is why a lot of the games coming, you know, in the foreseeable future are more PS5-based, um, if you will. Uh, the PS4 is still a popular brand. And there's a lot of folks that want games that are PS5 exclusives to come to the PS4, and maybe they will in the near future. Uh, but the question obviously be, will be, the speculation will be, you know, what will the P you know, what will the PS6 do that the PS5 hasn't already, you know, upgraded on when it comes from evolving from the PS4? Like, what will the what will the graphic engine, you know, like, what will the graphics and the graphical engine and all that on the inside be in everything? I mean, you just recently had the, the PVR2, the PSVR2 come out, uh, which is PlayStation's answer, more expensive answer, if you will, uh, to the MetaQuest. But the thing is, you know, the thing is, where do they go from here? You know, what would be the next step? What would, what would a PlayStation 6 graphically do, you know, and, and everything that the PS5 hasn't already done? What will the engine be like? You know, how much more powerful will it be? How much more, you know, RAM space, terabyte space, gigabyte space will it provide, you know, and every and all that, along with other questions, people will have. You know, they'll even ask, okay, will it have, you know, backwards compatibility? Will we be able to, you know, insert insert our physical PS5 games, maybe even our physical PS4 games, into it and get a graphical upgrade, maybe with them? Will we be able to transfer our data from the PS5 to the PS6, like we do with the PS4 to the PS5? We'll be able to transfer PS4 data to the PS6. See, these will be questions people will be asking and speculating and wondering on and theorizing on, you know, if the announcement is made around E3 time by Sony and themselves during their own event. So, I look at it, I look at it like this. You know, I look at it like this. At the end of the day, the time frame to find out whether or not a PS6 is coming will be around the summer of this year. But I don't think we're going to get the console until maybe 2025, 2026 at the latest. Because here's the thing. The PS5 hasn't even hit its stride. The PS5 hasn't even hit its stride. The PS5 is still in its prime. Again, like I said, you just had the PVR2 come out. 
you know, and they're still trying to, you know, put games out for that. So to me, it hasn't even hit its stride yet. So I say let it hit its stride before you make any announcement, you know, official. Or if you are going to make an announcement during the summer, you know, of this year, then make sure that the release date isn't for another two or three years. You know, allow the current console and its previous con- and its and its uh, predecessor, you know, to still hit you know to hit its stride as well as the predecessor to leave the long-lasting legacy that it's going to be known for. You know, give it time, and by the time we get to 2025 or 2026, you know, not only would have the PS5 hit its stride and le- and left an Im- you know an imprint you know um, an imprint if you will a what's the word I'm looking for a a mark on the video game industry you know uh, like the PlayStation 4 but also at the same time the PlayStation 4 you might discontinue it by then would have last would have left a long lasting legacy that proves that if done right a video game console can last for generations. And a generation is a decade, right? So it can last a decade or more and games can still be made for it and utilized on it. And it could still surpass your expectations. So to me, I believe that if you're going to make an announcement for a PS6 to come out, the best time is during the summer when you do your own little E3 event, that being Sony, but you make the release date for two or three years into, into the future. So you give your current console, which you just you know, brought out a VR set for. You give it its time to you know, hit its stride, make an, make an imprint, if you will, make an impact, I should say. That's the word I'm looking for. On the video game industry, the current generation, as well as you let the one that came before it you know, to continue building on its legendary status to the point that even by the time we get to that PS6 and you've discontinued the PS4 it would have la- it, its legendary impact would have lasted or would have been made so much would have been made so much that every console that is not PlayStation will want to try to emulate what Sony has done with these systems you also, at the same time, by del- by basically holding off on a release for another two, three years, you give it time to be looked at, you know, worked on, and, and basically you look at some of the weak points, if any, the PS5 had, and improve on it with the PS6, and probably add in a few more features and stuff in there that fans have been wanting for the longest time in both the PS4 and the PS5. Now you can use... Now you'll have the technology to insert those features and everything into the PS6. But, in closing, is PlayStation planning a PS6 console to be released soon while the PS5 hasn't even hit its stride? I would say yes. I think they are planning for one, but I think the announcement for it will be in the summer. During E3, during the E3 event, not at E3, but during their own little E3 event to go coincide with E3. But I also think that they're going to announce not only is a PS6 coming, but they're going to announce that the release date will not be until at least holiday 2025 or 2026. 
That's just my opinion. But yeah, I do think one is coming, but it won't be for another two or three years. But let me know what your thoughts are in the live chat and in the comments below. And that will about do it. In closing, guys, I thank you all for joining me for this. I do apologize for any lag that happened during this uh, live stream. Now, any interruptions, phone-wise, I do apologize for that. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I really appreciate it. I know this went a lot longer than I think any of my topics on my mind have gone for quite some time. It's definitely worn me out because I could feel it already. I feel it already and everything. i got to get something in my stomach, guys. But, uh, yeah, thank you all for joining me. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate your time and all that. I will, uh, over time, provide chapters for each and every one of you know, these topics. You guys can check it out uh, when you can. Uh, you can definitely tell this was a big makeup from on from my topics on my mind on Friday, because again of the interruption, you know the pause, you know the break to help my mom out and everything. So you can definitely tell this is a big makeup from that. But anyway, though, guys, thank you all for joining me. I really appreciate it. I uh, hope you all have a good day. I will try to get more content out to you before this day is out. Uh, but let me know what your thoughts are down below and everything. Love to hear your thoughts on each and each and every one of these topics, which will have chapters added to them. And you will eventually get an audio podcast version of this at my B.W. Rose's discussions. And until next time, guys, I will talk to you all later. God bless. Take care.